Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. That is a big league intro, not for a big league guy. Good morning. Welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Went and got me some United Dairy Farmers coffee this morning. And um, I'll tell a little story about them a little bit later in the show. I'm Trace Fowler, and no matter how hard they try to get rid of me, for some reason, I keep coming back. I'm like the old dandelions, at least in my yard. I'm not sure about yours, but those dandelions in the spring, they get up like three foot high. You chop them off. You think they're gone, and the next morning, they're just right back like a foot longer. I've never seen a plant and or any kind of species bounce back like a dandelion. So be a dandelion if you're ever down. You know where to find us. We do this every single day. If you don't, I'll remind you. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Twitch, maybe. Facebook, maybe. I think we're on Rumble. Probably not. But nonetheless, you're probably here on YouTube where we are every single day. And if you're not and you want to listen to us in podcast form, we're on all the major platforms from 10 a.m. until noon Eastern every single day. Just search off the bench. All right. I'm at a crossroads with this show, you know, and the reason I say that is because of the topics that we must discuss, right? I think and I feel like when I listen to ESPN and or any other type of media outlet, it gets tired. The NFL talk is tired. But here's the thing. Every time we don't talk about the NFL, the numbers just drop. It's the truth. Go look at our channel. But you know what? It comes down to a situation of what are we going to do? So I got to be honest with you. I, uh, I'm not going to get it caught up in every single detail of the NFL like some do. I just don't really understand that concept. That being said, we're going to do buy or sell NFL a little bit later in the show. Um, but more importantly, I think I'm going to try to come up with three sports that I'm going to try to give a shot later this year. I'm going to have to have some help with the men around the room. And the reason for that is, is because I think you should try to diversify. If you are one of those people that just care about the NFL and the NFL only, there's so many beautiful sports in life. You should give them a shot. They might not be as good as the NFL or college football, which we'll talk about later. But you should give them a shot. Did you see the photo? I seen it. It's been passed around social media about as much as the Kardashians have. Seriously. Christian Carnacion Strand. You've seen it. I've seen it. We'll get to that in just a minute uh, in regards to the photo. Um, but it's a picture of him shaking hands with the third base coach, Mike Jacobs. He's rounding third, giving him the old handshake, and he's wearing a red uniform. Many have uh, felt like that was a signal calling for him getting called up. And I'll tell you why I think there's two things that go with that. Uh, one of them, as I said, Mike Jacobs is now coaching in Louisville. Was it a clever thing that he's kind of given Jacobs a handshake? By the way, I don't know if it's Jacobs or Jacobs or Jacoby. I'm assuming it's Jacobs. But anyway, he's giving him a handshake. But he's in Louisville. So maybe that's the telltale sign. Number two, I'll get into in just a little bit why I think it's actually the most telling as to why I do think that he's probably getting called up. If it's not, then it's just a bunch of big drama, and we'll just wipe it off. And if nothing else, it's something great to talk about on a Thursday uh, in the middle of May on a sports talk show. But the Reds did drop the final game of the series, 7-1 to to the Padres. All right, and they have an off day before they begin a homestand with the Chicago White Sox. What does the lineup look like with CES in it? Does Matt McClain get brought up? Have you ever heard of a guy named Andrew Abbott? 
If you've watched Luis Sessipich enough, you probably should know who Andrew Abbott is. And um, I think it's time for him to make that drive right up Interstate 71 with the rest of the gang. And we'll get into that in just a moment. Other news. I told you football's around the corner. January 2025 and 2026 has something special for you. At least if you enjoy watching football on television and based off the ratings on this show and every other show and every other rating metric in the entire world, you probably do enjoy that, right? So here's the deal. College football playoffs expanding in 2024 and 2025. There's 12 teams, right? And there's four rounds of competition. Due to the pre-existing schedules and scheduling challenges, the playoffs will be spread out, pushing the action deep into January. Title games on Martin Luther King Day, otherwise known as January 20th. And this has generally been a time in the sports calendar where the NFL is just strictly dominated, right? That's the only thing on television, but not anymore. The result, combined with, like I said, previously expanded playoffs, 14 teams, and now we're going to 12 with college. It's the never-ending experience of football viewing we've never had before, right? Namely, college football will stage its two semifinal games on Thursday and Friday evenings prior to the NFL's wildcard weekend, which sees six games played in three days. The result, Thursday, January 9th, the CFP semifinal. Friday, January 10th, CFP semifinal. Saturday, January 11th, two NFL playoff games. Saturday, January 12th, three NFL playoff games. Monday, January 13th, one playoff game. That's five games in a row where it's win or die. That is awesome. And if you complain about that, then I don't know what to tell you. Because at the end of the day, more football is better. Imagine slamming your hand on the table and complaining about how there's too many blowouts and there's already too many teams in the playoffs. We already got four and half of them aren't any good. That's dumb. You know why? Because more games leads to more opportunities to see an incredible moment, an iconic situation, things that we'll talk about forever. Reed brought up a good point the other day. Not that Reed brings up many good points, but he asked, he asked a simple question, right? What was the last time that a major franchise league made a decision to expand the playoffs or make a huge rule change, and we all just decided, you know what, that's terrible. It's horrible for the game. So the top six teams are obviously going to have an advantage in this playoff with college football, right? Four are, and if this is me just going off the dome here, which is probably a bad idea, but four are going to get a home playoff game and two would get a bye. I'll be corrected in the chat immediately if I'm wrong. And I will correct myself over the show if not. But two, two losses now in college football probably gets you what I would say in that realm of possibility of getting a home playoff game. Three losses means you're probably out. Excuse me. Two losses mean you're probably in. One loss means you probably have a home playoff game. Three losses means you're probably out. I love it. I complained on this very not same show, but I complained last year at this time about the whole expansion of college football playoffs because I thought we would lose the integrity of the regular season. The fact that they have on-campus games now makes it to where I think it's a big deal, right? And like I said before, when have you ever seen a major sport make a rule change, and or add people to a postseason or add teams to a postseason and you complain. That it hasn't happened. It's not going to happen. So I think what it does is it makes playoffs a realistic opportunity for many teams. You look at a team like UC, for instance. You know, UC made the playoffs when there was only four, right? But that was an anomaly. We all know that. The chances of that happening again, if, if, 
if if the rules stayed the same, was going to be slim to none. And slim probably left town, as they say. All right. No one cares about bowl games either. I don't want to hear about it. No one cares about them. You can say whatever you want. The only people that care about those games are, are, are degenerates like ourselves. And the only reason we care about those games is because we're allowed to have action. And you can have action in other ways. You can make them a man. We, we don't have to worry about worrying about or acting like we care about a mayonnaise bowl. All right? Also, is Dion biting off more than he can chew? We'll get into that in just a minute. But finally, probably the most important thing that we'll do on this show is we're going to rank the MLB logos. Which ones are the best? Which ones are the worst? We'll wrap the show up with Tracy Jones. That's if he realizes that I am not hosting this show and he just pops in here thinking he's going to talk to Tom and surprise, it's going to be me. But first, go around the room. Gentlemen, thank you for uh, coming in here and helping be my crutch today and we'll get through this together. Trace, we're just happy to see you behind the mic again. Oh, well, I bet you are. Well, I mean, you do have Chatterbox Reds, but we're just happy to see you on the, on the daily, con on the, the midday content, I should say. Late morning. We're just happy you're back. Right. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you, Reed. Yeah. I don't know how to take that. Paul, Casey. What's going on? How we doing? Doing great. Casey's probably in shambles. He's worrying about this crackling noise of the microphone. He's, he's It's actually he's, really good today. He's, uh, maybe it's just the person talking to the microphone. Just saying. Could be. Know. Could be. You know? Tom's voice is just so it's so good that it just so crackles just, the microphone. Yeah. Yeah, that's what people are saying. New definition to I feel booming. sorry for the people that come in this chat today, see that I'm on here, not because of me, but just because of the show we're going to do, and they just immediately leave. It's their loss. <laughs> it's their loss. <laughs> this is going to be an electric show. We've got news for you. All right, let's get into some Reds talk. I know Reed loves that. Mm -hmm. um, let's get into the weeds on this CES tweet. For those that haven't seen it, uh, I think Casey has that thing ready to rock over there. Throw it up on the screen whenever you get an opportunity, Casey. But nor or less, this is the tweet that's been passed around social media. Uh, I do want to give a little bit of credit to who, Casey will have to do some real-time like maneuvering here. But you can see the tweet, as I said before, CES, shaking hands with uh, Mike Jacobs. I want to give credit, though, to, to Harrison Simpson. You know, Harrison, appreciate you screenshotting it. Why is that important? And why do I think that I actually believe that there's a little bit of smoke behind the the fire or whatever you want to say, there's fire if there's smoke type situation, is this. He deleted the tweet. He deleted the, the excuse me, he deleted the post on Instagram, I believe is where it actually was. So two things at play here. One is the Reds and or the organization told him to take it down because they didn't want speculation out there when it's not true. Or what is more likely is that they don't want to spoil their grand announcement that they're going to make what should be today. If the Reds had any intelligence to them, and I think they do, I think they do. I know that's low-hanging fruit for many of you in the chat to say, oh, well, they're not that smart. They're too stupid to do that. They probably should make that announcement today. If they're going to bring up uh, McLean, make the announcement today. And the reason for that is, is you have a home game tomorrow, the longer you can get in front of this or the, the farther you can get ahead of it, you probably are going to sell more tickets. Let's be honest. Now, how much that actually moves the needle, guys, we'll get into in a second. I don't know how much that moves the needle. If the Reds sold 10,000 tickets this weekend, right, on Friday, excuse me, tomorrow, or they sold 30,000, I know that's a decent amount of money, but in an organization like the Cincinnati Reds, I wonder if that even moves the needle. I wonder if that's like, 
something that they even if they even care about that. Do you think genuinely? I, I genuinely don't don't know. I don't either. I really don't know. What's your overall 30, take on 30, that? Thirty thousand. I mean, what's well, a sellout's forty two. So I wouldn't think it's going to be a sellout, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe the maybe the kids get them. Did the kids get us that fired up around here where we're going to sell the place out? What do you think, chat? I don't. I don't no think so. No, 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 no. Way we're not going to all of a sudden turn into like San Diego overnight. Well, I'm not saying that. Okay, let's do a poll then. Let's have fun on this show. Okay. If the Reds bring up CES and McLean and they announce it by noon today, will they sell out their Saturday game? Oh my God! No! 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 Twenty. They. I don't know if they sell. Would, yeah. I would bet that they would go under thirty. Like oh they yeah, won't, they won't get they won't get seventy five percent of the capacity at that place. I I maybe I'm in. See, this well, is Saturday, where when you're in the weeds, when Saturday you're like me. Nice day. Saturday is FC Cincinnati. They won't. People go to FC. <laughs> what? Whoa! Yeah, whoa! 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 <laughs> Let's pump the brakes here. How many people can actually go to an FC game? Like twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. How many of the twenty five thousand you think give a rat's tail? I'm saying about the other team. I'm saying that if you're giving me a decision to go down into the city on Saturday and you, you're like up in the air about one or the other, you'd rather see a first place team or a guy get called up that you could then watch on Sunday. On a nice afternoon. I don't know. I wouldn't go to either because the Kentucky Derby's on and we're going to be at Miami. But that's, that's me. All right. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think FC would deter a few people probably. Will FC have more attendance than the Reds on Saturday. And yes. I think the answer is yes. Yes. Okay. What do you mean? Fair. All right. They're trying to figure something out over there at the table, whispering to each other. I'm not sure what they're doing, but that's nonetheless. I, I, I'd like to think that they would sell some, some tickets, folks. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being way too optimistic. That's what Nick Kirby will do to you. Happy birthday, by the way, Nick Kirby. Yeah, happy Everyone, birthday, Kirby. That's right. We're, 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 we're. I'm not a very good birthday kind of guy. I, I think that's one of my uh, weaknesses in life is that I just don't know anyone's birthday. I, and it's not that I don't care. It's just that I, one, I don't have Facebook. Or I don't ever get on Facebook, which I think Facebook is half the reason why people know whose birthdays are who. Do you know your three kids' birthdays? Uh, you have to give me a second to think, oh, and no. I'll have to write them down. I'm that bad. I actually didn't know my mother's birthday until I got absolutely scolded when I was 23 years old. By do you some, know it now, though? Yes, I do. Do you know your wife's birthday? Uh, yes. Okay. So I'm winning okay. there. But I, I'm just bad with, with dates and birthdays. Um, Do you know your dad's birthday? No. Okay. Nope. No idea. Bad birthday guy. That's okay. Nope. No idea. So, Nick, I probably should ask you when your birthday was when we started the show. But nonetheless, happy birthday to you. I'm glad I figured it out today. Um... Matt McLean, does he get brought up? He is averaging right around a 300, borderline, AAA, 435 uh, OBP, and then 1,000 OPS. That's pretty good. Now, it's AAA. I think there's a jump at AAA. Jose Barrero had proved there's, a little, there's, a, there's obviously a little bit of a difference between AAA and the major leagues, but how much of that actually makes a difference, I don't know. And one thing I, I, I want to say about this whole situation is I think as a as a fan base, what do we want, right? Like, from the Reds' perspective now, it's clear as day, and it should be clear as day to you, 
that this year is nothing more than a tryout. And that's okay. But to sit here and act like bringing up McLean this year is going to make a huge difference, it's not. Now, is it exciting to be able to see him play at a major league level? Yeah, it is. Is it exciting to see Christian Encarnacion Strand come up and play at a major league level? It is. It's, it definitely beats having to watch Matt Reynolds play. It definitely beats having to watch Kevin Newman play. It, it definitely beats having to watch Stuart Fairchild play. And Fairchild, that might be a little bit of a low blow because he hasn't played all that bad, if we're being honest. Jose Barrero, you could argue you're tired of seeing him, and I could say I could understand why. Is Stevenson going to bounce back? Who knows? This Reds team, to a certain extent, feels like crypto. Oh, man. And, and, and I'm not... You don't believe in him. It's not that I don't believe in him. <laughs> I don't. So, yeah, it is like crypto. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the, the, the volatility of it. That's all. And I am hopeful from the Reds' perspective that they find a way to, uh, you know, they find a way to hit, hit, hit on some of these guys and we, and we, uh, we keep it moving. Let me ask you a question, Trace. When these guys come up, because they will inevitably come up this season, what does success look like for those guys? Numbers-wise, is it just a vague thing? Like, they look like they compete. They look like they belong. What does success look like for the young guys you're bringing up? Because oftentimes, the, the, this Reds team, what they're doing is, the analogy is what the Cubs were eight years ago, nine years ago. And when they first brought all the guys up back in 2014, I think the Cubs had like five different rookies hit at least 10 home runs. And that was like the big, the big thing. So what does success look like for these young guys coming up for the Reds? Success, in my opinion, looks like there's production on the field. I don't, I don't like the idea of continuing to do what we do as a fan base from time to time and, and have these moral victories over what guys look like or they don't look like. Mm -hmm. Jose Barrero is a guy that I think looks the part defensively. But if he doesn't make the routine play every so often, then, then all of that goes away for me. Like, you have to be able to be a guy that when you look at the, st the stats at the very end of the year, it looks as if they're a serviceable product at the major league level. And as much as I want to fall into the trap of saying I think Jose Barrero could be an incredible shortstop, you at some point have to produce. So success, in my opinion, would, would be somewhere just a little bit below an average hitter. So you're looking at like OPS plus type stuff. I'd say just below 100, somewhere in there, would, would be a success for a guy like Matt McLean. Uh, CES, definitely. When you're, when, it, when you're looking at CES, I think the, 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 the production would be mostly power. Um, you know, a lot of these guys... I don't want to say they strike out a ton, but but generally speaking, that's just the way the game has gone. So I'm not going to get into the the swing and miss rates and all of that too heavily. But I would but I would venture to say out that that they're a they're actually a step up from what we've had before, and what we have before right now isn't a huge bar. So success to me would be if Matt McLean came up that he actually would help the Reds. In same with CES. He comes up and he actually helps the Reds. He's better than what we had before, bar none. Like, I don't want to, I don't want McLean to come up and produce like Kevin Newman. Right. And then you're like, well, next year he's going to be better. I, he's got to be to where you think, in my opinion, that Jonathan, you're not going to be NL Rookie of the Year, but Jonathan India 
is a guy that you would say hovers around, and I'm not saying he's an average player, but for all accounts, Jonathan Indy is an average, a little bit of above average player in this league. Right. He won in defense a defense definitely hurts him. It, yeah. it, defense does hurt him, but he won rookie of the year. So I'm not suggesting that you have to win rookie of the year to be quote unquote a success. However, I do think that you have to be producing. Spencer Steer is producing. Do you you were a big Jose Barrera guy before he came up, and obviously he hasn't panned out to the minor league success. He, he has not shown that in the major leagues, but he has played a little better. Do you think that he might be a guy that has a long career in the majors, not just with the Reds, but do you think he might bounce around from team to team? Do you think he has established himself as a major league talent, Jose Barrera? Not yet. I think the only way that Jose Barrera sticks in this league is if he becomes the ex the, the, the defensive, exceptional defensive player that we all think that we have and or he shows at times that he could produce. Alex Gonzalez comes to mind. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the sure. type of player that I think... And again, that's high praise. You, you throw out Alex Gonzalez, it's that, that, that's one of those things where I, I try to not... It's not. I'm not even trying to be disrespectful to Alex Gonzalez because Alex Gonzalez is a hell of a career. Right. It's not like that's even a slight. Right. But I almost think sometimes, like, that's the ceiling for Jose is, is a Alex Gonzalez. A guy that you know what you're going to get at shortstop. He's going to pick it. He's going to probably be a little bit of a below-average hitter. You're not going to get a ton of power. And you're just... You just he's... he's he is the uh, Tucker Barnhart at the shortstop position. I'm trying to think, like, would Alex Gonzalez even make it in today's game? Like, these defensive first shortstops seem to be few and far between in, in the majors anymore. Like, a, you know, a borderline Hall of Fame guy. I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame, but Omar Vizquel. He's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he ever should be, but some people say he should be. Like, Omar Vizquel, who's a glove first guy. Yep. Alex Gonzalez, who's a glove first guy. Do those guys even have a spot in the majors anymore, the way that the game is played? It's hard to make the argument that they should. Right. It's hard to make the argument that they should. I hate to say this, but I don't think that they I don't I don't know how much value you You can't speak out both sides of your mouth either. And I will be fair in saying that I've been critical of Jonathan Indy and his defensive abilities at second base. So you can't field your whole entire roster with a bunch of guys that are below average defenders. Defense seems to matter. I think it does matter. Mm -hmm. Um especially when you got you know, pitchers on your roster perhaps that aren't huge strikeout guys. Now it just so happens that the Reds extended and have an ace that is probably one of the highest strikeout type guys in the league in Hunter Green. I would just I would just enjoy the fact that if the Reds found themselves in a position where center field, second base, shortstop, and catcher, they were relatively average or above average defenders. And then outside of those positions you got to find guys that can swing the bat. And that's where CES is for us. I mean, as a Reds fan, CES is probably, in my opinion, more exciting for me to see him come up than McLean. I know McLean's been this hot this hot name, and, and everybody's excited, and they want to see him. And I'm, I, I've said it from the start, from spring training, I think McLean's a big league hitter. I, you watch him in the box, and I know spring training's a little weird because sometimes you're facing guys that are actually going to play in the big leagues, and sometimes you're playing guys that are going to start in double A. So to be fair to uh, that whole situation, I don't know how much stock we should put in McLean's success at the, at the uh, spring training. Um, however, I still feel as if CES could provide this team with something that it desperately needs, which is power, 
and somebody you fear in the lineup. And we don't have that right now. I mean, we just – the Reds, you look up and down this roster, this lineup on, a, on any given day, and there's a reason we're scoring one run, two runs, four runs. It's because we can't hit the ball out of the ballpark and or hit extra base hits. CES can do that. CES is one of those guys that can miss hit a baseball, and it can still go 415 feet. There's not many guys that can do that. David Brown brings up a point about having competitive at-bats. I think McLean does that about as well as anybody. Is he, he competes. And that's why, his, that's why he walks a lot. Guys that walk a lot compete at the plate. Joey Votto is the best example of that. Everybody wants to act like Joey Votto walked just because he took a lot of pitches. Joey Votto walked because, yeah, he was very plate. He, he had a lot of discipline at the plate, but he also had an approach. He didn't give himself up. He didn't swing at bad pitches. He knew what the count was, and he knew you know, what he wanted. And a lot of times, that's what I say when guys are major league hitters or they're not, I think Stevenson is a major league hitter. I do have some concern with Stevenson thinking he has to produce all of his power, and now it's turned his focus into being a guy that's just looking like he's trying to pull everything, and you lose sight of just being a hitter. And I'm not saying that's the only reason that Stevenson's struggling, but for whatever reason, I don't like the concept of changing guys either. That's it. I don't like the I don't like the side of changing guys. We have somewhat breaking news. Whoa! What do we got? Hunter Dickinson just picked the Jayhawks. Wow! 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 I'm shocked. Trace, do you have any Hunter Dickinson takes that you want to rescind now? Uh, wow! I never was a uh, a hater of Hunter. I did think that he disappeared in games, though. He's an easy guy to hate. He's a, he's a, he's a he's a villainous. That was yeah. that even on the radar? I mean, no, not really. It was Kentucky and Kentucky. I heard this morning or late last night or this morning. I heard that Kentucky was out, and then it was down to Maryland. I thought he was going to Maryland, and uh, Maryland. He wasn't going back to Michigan, Kentucky, and there were two others, and I, Kansas and one other school. But I thought it sounded like he was going to Maryland. Nope. Not Maryland because he's from the D.C. area. Went yep. to Gonzaga or uh, to Matha. Wow. So everybody's saying that the whatever his announcement video is, I don't know, cringy or extra. So we're going to. It's 60 seconds. Let's play it. We're going to play it here in a second. Okay. He just sent it to we're gonna me. We're going to watch it live. Watch and it watch live. it live. Get our instant reactions. I think it's, you know what Hunter, Hunter Dickinson is? He's really good at marketing. Because I don't know if he's, I don't know if, I don't know how good of a player, I don't know if he deserves all of this hype that he's been getting the last two weeks, but good Lord, he's got a good agent or somebody doing this because he, uh. Yo, what's up? Hunt, what's the hold up? You got players, coaches, you got the whole world waiting. Right. Oh, the whole world. <laughs> It's not the way you answer. This decision might even be harder than the first one coming out of high school. You know, having all these coaches hit you up again. You know, then again, it was also kind of easier in a sense been going through it and stuff. But I'm just really glad it's over now. Coach. What's up, big fella? I am fantastic. 
How are you doing? Good, good. Good. I just wanted to tell you that I'm going to come play for you next year at Kansas. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was hoping it was going to be good news. <laughs> He has the worst uniform that Kansas wears on, too, right there. Whoever made that edit should be embarrassed. The Sunflower jersey is just not it. I don't know what to say. I mean, am I excited? I don't know. I got to process all this. I got to process all this. Not a fan of the video. <laughs> got to say that. He's got to be self Like, he had to have known that was a cornball tweet. He had to have known. It's too well produced, right? Yeah. That's what seems odd about it. It's like they also to say the whole world's waiting on it, dude. Come on, the whole world. I... That's what I'm saying. Like he's a good, <laughs> he's like a fringe all-American. Like he's good, but he's not. He played with two, two or three NBA guys at Michigan and didn't make the tournament. And now he's just. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he knew it was corny. He, oh, he had to have known that was corny. I don't think he did. No, he did not. I don't believe that for a minute. He's in there. Yeah, he's riding in the car talking. I don't he, think he's that funny. Absolutely not. I'm not going to give. Casey's too nice of a guy for that one. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. He thought that was sweet. He's like, let's go make an edit. Let's make this look real nice. <laughs> he was standing behind the guy editing it. He was like, yeah, put this in, add that. Yeah, he, he, he thought that was. He good. has some manager at Michigan that is like, dude, I, I can, I think I'm good at Adobe. I can, I can start making these edits for him, and somehow convince Hunter, like, dude, I've got the perfect idea for your announcement video, and that's what he came up with. We're gonna break glass, and it's gonna shatter through to a Kansas jersey. Is that Hunter signifying that he shattered the glass ceiling? Yes. That's not really what they're trying to say, is it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Paulie, go down on the, the scroll. Yeah, I got there. you. Uh, Congratulations to your Jayhawks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm not sure if that's a guy that I'm going to end up not liking or if it's a guy that ends up playing great. I'm sure I'll end up enjoying watching him play. And I know that he's got the talent. I think that, one, that means one thing, though, for, the, for, for Kentucky. He was going to go to Kentucky unless Oscar Shibway was coming back. I don't know if it's been announced. I don't believe it's been announced. Oscar Shibway has not de de decided whether he's going to go or come back. He's going to. I think he's coming back. Well, that's that's a that's us thinking that. That's yeah. not him announcing it. I think that Dickinson going to Kansas instead of going to Kentucky has proved that he is coming back. And why wouldn't Oscar Shibway come back? Let's be honest. He has nowhere else to go to a certain extent to make as much money that he would make at Kentucky anyways. And why not play in college again? You know? That is isn't that is unless you play at a program like Xavier and they don't want to come back. It's true. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get in Deion Sanders for just a second. This happens at every program. Everywhere in the country, this happens. And whether or not you like it, or whether or not you think that it's right, or whether it's morally ethical, or it's the right way to go about it, he's doing what a lot of other college coaches do. And that is, quite literally tell guys that they're not going to be able to play at this level or their program, and they're going to have to go find somewhere else to play. This happens all the time. And 
There's a reason the transfer portal has a significant amount of people in it. Because it's not only become an easy way for guys to leave for players wanting to leave, but it's become an easy way for coaches to push players into it as well. This is a two-way street, guys. Everybody I always hear talk about, oh, look at all these guys. They're just flaking out. They're leaving. They're soft. I don't think it's as much as you think it is. I think a lot of times coaches get these guys in locker rooms or they get them in their office and they tell them, you have a, a scholarship that we think is very important. We need that scholarship back. What can I tell you to get you to leave? And then there's always this good cop, bad cop thing. I know this to be a fact. The head coach comes in and says, you know, it's probably isn't going to work out here. You're going to have to find somewhere else to go. That kid enters his name in the transfer portal. One of the assistant coaches acts like they're a little upset that they're leaving because they don't want to make it seem like everyone in the locker room was saying, we need to get this guy the hell out of here. That happens. Happens every program in the country. Deion Sanders is probably doing a little too much, in my opinion, but he's doing the same stuff. So if you want to sit here and act like what Deion's doing is BS, it happens every single program, every single one. Some may be a little more than others, but I can promise you this. If you go to UC basketball, or you go to Xavier basketball, men's basketball that is, and it might happens in the women's game as well. I don't know the women's game as much. However, if, that, if, if you look as if you're lost and or you're not going to, to play, you are asked to leave in the nicest way possibly possible. But you're, you're, you're literally being shown the door. And if you don't leave, it will be hell. You are going to be running. You're going to get yelled at. You're going to have every coach imaginable, not literally being negative and disgusting to you on purpose, but they're going to make your life hell. That is what it is. If you want to stick it out, it's your right to do so. But I don't blame these kids for entering the transfer portal because they're, they're already dealt at hand. When the coach looks at you and tells you that you're probably not going to be able to play at this program, it's going to be really hard, Reed and Paul and Casey, to win them back over. You're going to have to be uh, unbelievably exceptional. It reminds me a little bit of a guy that gets drafted in like the 26th, 27th, 28th round back in the day of MLB, where if you don't become like an absolute stud, you're going to be released in no time. And I get people, AJ in the chat, saying Dion's all about Dion. I, I think Dion is about Dion. There is an ego there. But my main point about it is, is that Colorado football is being talked about for the first time ever. You can't have it both ways. You can't say Dion should be all humble and, you know, he shouldn't really do all this. How is he supposed to win? How is he supposed to, gonna be, how's he supposed to shift the narrative and get attention on himself if, he just, if he's just Satterfield? I got a question for you. If, if Satterfield goes to Colorado, you think he has any chance in hell of winning? No. Zero chance. If Deion Sanders was at UC right now, I'm here to tell you that every single person in this city and the entire country would have their eyeballs directly on UC. And I can tell you right now, you probably didn't watch the spring game. Who, oh, by the way, Colorado sold out. You probably have no clue who the starting quarterback's going to be for UC unless you're a diehard fan. 
You could care less about UC football right now, unless you're a diehard fan. Deion Sanders would have changed that instantly. You can say he's going to be a success. You can say he's going to be unmitigated failure just based off of his attitude and his ego. But I'm here to tell you that at the end of the day, Deion Sanders is going to prove some people wrong. He's going to prove some people wrong. And some people are going to have to eat some crow. Because all he's doing is he's getting rid of all of, the, all of what I would call some of the bad eggs right now, and he's just doing it flamboyishly. But he's not doing anything different than every other college football coach in the country does. Nothing. You go into a program that hasn't won in a decade, you think you're going to keep all the guys that were there? No. Guys have any thoughts and opinions about this topic? How long of leash? Because we really don't know what's going to happen with Dion. There's... It is undoubtedly that they has brought breathed new life into Colorado's football program, but what's the timeline on Dion's Colorado program? Like, how much leash do you give them if you know they're not successful for the first three years? Do we start looking at the next guy, or do you just keep running Dion out there? Because it's it is boom or bust with Dion, and Colorado is in a position where they had nothing to lose; they're the bottom of the pack. So it seemed right to let them go boom or bust. But how much rope does Dion have over there? Well, Jolly brings up a point and says that, that Colorado only won one freaking game last year, and it's not hard to do better. Well, okay, I'm about to pull up Colorado's record, not just last year, but the last 12 years. And how many coaches have they run through? So... To answer your question, I don't think it changes between him and other coaches by maybe more than a year. If you're going to fire a guy after three or four years at Colorado, I think Dion would get five. Colorado has had one winning football season in the previous, well, one winning football season since 2005. They won 10 games in 2016. Other than that, Going back from 2022 on backwards, one win, four win, four win, five wins, five wins, five wins, the 10-win season, four wins, two wins, four wins, one win. So they've been really bad for about 20 years. I understand why Dion rubs people the wrong way. I'm not naive. There's some things that he does that are relatively cringeworthy. But I'm not going to let the, the few things that go a little bit outside the box distract me from what he's done and who he, and who he is. He has to be the way that he is because, one, it's himself. He's staying true to who he is. And, two, I, I think it actually provides an opportunity for him to stand above the rest. How many coaches in the country are just, I don't want to say nobodies, but nobodies? Do you know who's coaching at Rutgers? Do you know who's coaching at Indiana? Do you know the name of the guy that's coaching at at, at I don't know. Arizona? Do you know who the Arizona State coach is? Do you know who Washington's coach is? If you're not like a major football, college football person, you have no clue who any of those coaches are. If I said to you right now, who coaches at Colorado? Most sports fans are going to tell you it's Deion Sanders. If you don't think that in and of itself has merit, then you're, you're, you're blind. So my main point is, is that you can't get upset at a guy for acting that way if it's produced success, and it also is the reason that he exists. It's the only reason that Deion Sanders is somebody, and whoever 
Arizona State's coach is, is, is a nobody. That's the only reason, is the personality behind the guy. I don't think he's unbelievable at X's and O's. I don't know if he's got a damn clue on how to actually run a big, well-solid program, but he is the engine that allows the rest of the, the, rest of the car to probably operate. And I can't fault him for that. So I'm not a hater. I do think some stuff he does, to be clear, is outlandish. It does get kind of corny at times. But don't be surprised when Colorado starts winning football games. I, I, I Don't be surprised. What's the, what's the success? I was just about to say that. Five wins? Six wins? The what's pack, that look like, the guys? The pack's getting weaker, right? Teams are leaving the Pac-12, so it's getting a little weaker, but... I don't know about the first year. I don't know what the success looks like for Dion. Better than what it's been. It's hard to go worse. Are we going to let Dion do what he did in his playing days and let him coach the Reds and be Colorado's head football coach? We gonna let him double dip. <laughs> you want the passion? You can attract free agents here. Let him double dip. Let him coach the Reds. April through August. Well, let him do the whole season. He's just gone on Saturdays in September. Not, not a bad idea. Not like those matter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. We're down bad. Sir Boy's saying he's top 25 success. I, I, that's, 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 I don't know if that's a – that seems impossible. The thing about football as compared to other sports like basketball – is basketball, you can turn things around much quicker because it's five guys. And, right. hell, if you get one or two guys, it's, it could make all world a difference. Football, outside of the quarterback position, it takes a long time for you to actually build up a roster that I would say is relatively formidable. Um, time out. Casey, did you do a dissolve? Did you do a dissolve switching cameras? Look at the producing that Casey's doing. He didn't do a hard cut. He didn't dissolve. I mean, it was by mistake, but. <laughs> oh, Casey, I was giving you a compliment. You're not supposed to, to, to cut live cameras by dissolving. I know, but I. Did you it was know? A, it was a change of pace. Yeah, I know that. Gotcha. You kidding me? Didn't know. Didn't know what kind of process. Have we ever dissolved on you... Chatterbox Sports? Oh, uh, we've dissolved. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait, wait, wait. Let's do this. Here's Colorado's schedule next year. At TCU. Loss. <laughs> loss. I don't know. I'm not counting that out as a loss automatically. Home against Nebraska. Eh, that's a win. It's a loss. It's a loss. 0-2. Colorado State. We got to win that one. Got to win that one. 1-2. and two. At Oregon in Eugene, no nope. loss. One and three. At USC, sorry, home against USC, loss. Nope. Loss. One and four. At Arizona State, gotta be a win. win. Sun Devil Stadium, win. two and four. Home against Stanford, gotta be a win. Three and four. At, UC at UCLA, Dorian Thompson Robinson's gone. I don't know what they look like. Maybe we get to four and four there. Call it three and five. Maybe they slip up somewhere along against the way. Against my Bruins? Oh. Home against Oregon State. Homecoming. Gotta win that. I don't know. You never count out the Beavers. Oregon three State. and six? Yep. Home against Arizona. 
four and six. We're looking at a 500 season is what it looks Washington like. Washington State and Utah on the road to finish things off. You're Those, looking at like five to six wins, maybe. They're going to win against Washington State. They won't beat Utah. We'll find out. Like AJ said, I'm not sure we should give a damn, but it'll be entertaining. It'll be fun. The whole, let's be honest, the, the media is going to be all over the story. You got some buy or sell NFL topics? Is that still a thing? Yeah, we, yeah, we do. Yeah, let's do that. Let's run through that. I'm sure that'll that'll make our chat really pleased because we they love talking about the NFL. Yeah. All right, let's go. Number one. Buy or sell post-draft edition. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL. You buying or selling, Trace? Selling. Sell, sell, sell. Selling? <laughs> nice. I like that. I'm selling you. Sell, sell, sell. sell. Who's better? Uh, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that'd be an instant buy for the Georgia Bulldogs. Slappy, as, as Sir Boy likes to call fans. Guys, either one of you buying that? No. Selling. Chiefs. I'm buying it. Buy, buy, buy! I'm buying it. Philadelphia Bulldogs, here they come. I love it. You know what? I did buy a Philadelphia Eagles uh, little... Uh, it's like a hoodie, but a short sleeve T-shirt. Not sure what those are fancy terms are called, but uh, I will be wearing that in the fall, just for two reasons. One, um, I, I like I like putting a little dig in the side of Sean Spurlock, who's a big Cowboys fan. And secondly, it's going to basically be nice to watch the uh, the green the uh, the green turned Bulldogs. I, I was going to try to say the red turned green, but uh, it's like Christmas colors out there. But nonetheless, they have a, they have so many Bulldogs, it's absurd. Yeah, it, it really is. It, it is it is absurd. I've never seen anything like this in my life. With when regards like one team having this many players on one side of the ball that are that are that are all from the same school, and not only from the same school, but they're like a year or two apart. The Georgia to Philadelphia pipeline. It's working. All right, second buy or sell. The Bengals didn't address deficiencies well enough in the draft. You buying or selling? I see the chat all over my case about me buying Eagles gear. I'm not an Eagles fan, to be clear. Uh, the Bengals did not what address their deficiencies well enough in the draft. I'm buying that. Yeah. Buy, buy, buy. I love the Jim Cramer sound effects. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm Why buying, are you buying it? it. I'm buying it because they they didn't address. I think is relatively a uh, an important position that. You have some question marks over, what and I, I know, I, I know you're gonna you're gonna say that oh it's not a big deal, it's not it's not that important, but they didn't get a tight end, uh, and there's no depth there. You, you you brought in a guy that has been hurt most of his career, and he might be great to be clear. The other argument that you can make as a Bengals fan to what I'm saying right now, and I would say to that point. You know, touche, I'll move on. Not that concerned about it is don't play the tight end. Get rid of the, what would it be, 11 personnel? Just go four wide. Throw out, you got what, Charlie Jones in there now? Yep. Got the Princeton wide receiver that, that's fast and everybody loves his RAS score. They don't care about no RAS score. They don't care about no damn RAS score. That's right. They care about the RAS score down there at Paycor. That seems, that seems to be very much the case. How much of a drop-off do you think it is from Irv Smith from Hunter Hurst, Hayden Hurst, sorry, to Irv Smith. Not a big one, but I'm worried about his health. 
So it's pretty much the exact same tight end room as it was last year. What if you got rid? Samples the number two. What if you got rid of a uh, whatever? Let's say a center fielder, and you were the, you were you were in the NLCS last year, or you were in the right. World Series, and you got rid of your center fielder walked out the door, who was a relatively decent player, and you put in Nick Senzel. It could go great because Nick Senzel has the potential to play like he's played the past two weeks. However, it could also go the way that is he's just not available. Well. I would argue back to you that Hayden Hurst missed four games last year. So I, it's literally, it literally could could be the exact same even if he did get hurt. So I don't know. All right. I, I am selling. Okay. Yeah, I was going to sell too. I yeah. Th- yeah, I think, I think they did just fine. Sell as well. Sell so, so, as well. You guys are all just – you guys are I all just – I think the tight end room's the exact same. I think it's the exact same, maybe yeah. a little less. In love with the Cincinnati Bengals, as you should. You know why? It feels like you guys are in the same mode I was in when the Packers were, inc- you know, I mean, they win 11, 12 games every single year. You got Aaron Rodgers. To be frank, back then, I didn't even consider the concept or the idea that the Packers weren't going to be good, no matter what they did, because they had Aaron Rodgers. So the fact that you got Joe Burrow, it, it solves a lot of problems, if any. If you have. Got one more? We got a few more. All right, let's keep them going. Aaron Rodgers makes the Jets contenders in the AFC. I am selling. Sell, sell, sell. That's a big sell. The Packers just fleece the Jets. <laughs> I, I, you guys don't get it, do you? Everyone wants to sit here and act like Aaron Rodgers is, is just this. He's the big-time quarterback. He's not that guy anymore. I love him. In fact, Aaron Rodgers is the is my favorite all-time professional athlete that I've got to watch. He provided me so many joyous moments that I that I will always be indebted to him. Like he he genuinely was like watching the best version of whatever you could possibly be at a position for 4 or 5 years in a row. I've watched him every single game. And I get people might not like him because of the hair, because of the, all of the nonsense that, that happens in the offseason, the, the situation with his parents, the whole dating the, the superstars, and then all of a sudden you're... It, it, did, it did feel like a lot of drama. But when you sat down on a Sunday for three hours and you watched Aaron Rodgers, you inevitably would turn on the Sunday night football game like I would after that and watch two other quarterbacks play. And it was hilarious the difference in how good Aaron Rodgers was and the other guys. And for my money... I don't think there's ever been a quarterback that has played that position at just that position as good as Aaron Rodgers has ever played it. I'm biased. I get it. Tom Brady's the GOAT. I'm not, a, I'm not naive to that. But if you took Tom Brady and you put him in Aaron Rodgers' shoes and you put Aaron Rodgers in Tom Brady's shoes and you asked him to do the same stuff, Aaron Rodgers would be able to do it. It's almost like football is a team sport. And sometimes you really can't use the argument of what a team did to back up what an individual player did. And Aaron Rodgers, as I've said before, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen, if not the best. So for me to sit up here and tell you that he's not that guy anymore, and I don't think he's going to move the needle a significant amount for the, for the New York Jets, I guess is what I'm saying is that should mean something to you. He's, he misses throws. You're going to see it. He's going to miss throws. 
And you know what? I can't wait to hear everybody complain and say it was somebody else's fault because that's what they were doing all year last year to me. Oh, well, it's his young receivers. He doesn't have, he lost Devontae Adams. Well, Devontae Adams went to, to, went to Oakland, and, and next thing you know, the guy that he had, that he got shipped away halfway through the year. So, Devontae Adams, oh, that's why he's not playing well. No, it had nothing to do with Devontae Adams. Maybe a little bit, but it, it had little to nothing to do with Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers is just not that guy anymore. And I can't wait. The thing that I'm looking forward to the most as I look down in the chat for a half a second, I cannot wait to watch Justin Fields play next year. I am so excited because he's got all these weapons and he's got all of these guys that now are supposed to make it to where he is the man. I can't wait to hear what those excuses are either. So, long-winded way of saying, sell. I'll buy. You know what? I'll buy. I'm, we're talking about a guy who... Won 13 games, three consecutive seasons in, in Green Bay. Has won two of the last three MVPs and had an okay year last year. I mean, it wasn't, it just wasn't up to the standard of Aaron Rodgers, but still was, you know, fairly good. Completed 65% of his passes through 26 touchdowns. Won eight games with a bad Packers roster. I'm buying. I think the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are going to work well. And I think a new change of scenery. I think more than anything, Packers fans are just, we're just tired of Aaron and all the drama surrounding it. He takes a first. They put up with the drama when he was winning. And then they take the best team in the NFL. They take a first round bye or exit, losing to the 49ers, right? In that cold day up in, in Lambeau. And then they're bad the next year. And they're like, all right, we're done with you. You're, you're 39 years old. Get out of here. I still think he's got a little more to give, so I'm buying. I'm selling. I'm selling. I'm, sell, I'm sell, a Chase. I, I just – one, it's not even just Aaron Rodgers. They didn't address their biggest issue, which affected the quarterback the most, which is their offensive line. They got one center. So maybe they shored up their interior, maybe. But you're, you're dealing with a rookie center – you're dealing with two really bad offensive tackles. And Aaron Rodgers, like you said, is 38-39. Older guy. You really think he's going to outrun some guys? He's going to be chased around. He's going to have to deal with uh, trying to stay in pace with, with Miami's offense and Buffalo's offense. I, I'm selling. I'm out. Selling. Not going to rehash everything you guys said, but I agree 100% with Trace. I'm selling. Beautiful. Right, on to the next. The NFC has only one top 10 quarterback. Ooh. I am... Um, it's hard for me to know all the quarterbacks off my head, but I'm, I think I'm buying that. I think it's buying it. I think I'm buying as well. I mean, Jalen Hurts clearly a top 10 quarterback. You look at the NFC, and it's the second-best guys, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, any of them guys top 10. You sure you don't want to bring up Justin Fields? Certainly explosive. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me, guys, but being being the diehard Cubs fan that I am, I, I got a little bit of fandom for the Bears in all Chicago teams. Anytime Northwestern does something, I get a little excited for Northwestern. Got a little bit of – I just got love for Chicago. Fair. I hope I hope Justin Fields does well up there for the Bears. Best of luck to him. What do you guys got? Um, I'm gonna just sell because sell, sell, I sell. think Jalen Hurts is one. 
a top 10 quarterback for sure, maybe even top five. Um, it's really hard for me to, to pick and choose. If I had to guess if there was another quarterback in the NFC, it'd probably be Geno or, or Dak. And I, that's mainly because I think, I do think the AFC is stacked in quarterbacks, but I think some of them are overrated. So I'm going to buy it. I just can't put, I just can't put Justin Fields. I can't put Dak Prescott. I can't think of anybody else that I would put in the top 10. It's a shame, you know, looking at the chat, it's a shame like Matt Stafford's falling off so hard. I still can't put Geno Smith in there. I do kind of agree with Casey where he says that some of those, maybe the nine and 10 of this list that would be the AFC right. might be a little overrated, but I'm still not sure if I'm going to put Geno Smith or our guy 1 p.m. Kirk over there. I don't know. It is, it is worth mentioning that Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl his last healthy season. Like, he, he got hurt very early in the year last year, right? How many games did he even play last year? So, not Matt many. Stafford, he played nine games last year? I said not many. Oh. He very easily could come back and be a top 10 quarterback. Like Could be. Could yeah. just show up, and it's just – that's how quickly people forget in this league. Yeah, you, you write people off really quickly when they get hurt, especially at the, at the older ages, right? I mean, and rightfully so. I'm, like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wasn't probably as old as, as as Matt Stafford was. Not to keep flip-flopping sports, but, you know, that's that's the thing with Joey Votto right now that just seems inevitably clear is that you get hurt at an older age, and uh, we all know this. This is not breaking news, but it just takes a significant amount more time to heal your body. Your body's not as adapt to being able to heal itself as quickly, and you worry about guys. I, more times than not, as professional athletes, more times than not, guys fall off cliffs than have a steady decline into, into mediocrity and irrelevancy. More times than not, it's just there, and then all of a sudden, it's not, and it's never coming back. That's what I would be veer, fearful of if I'm a Jets fan. Is Aaron Rodgers going to fall off a cliff? Now, the only thing that I will say about Aaron Rodgers and it's already been shown to be true right now, is that he does play with chips on his shoulder. He does hold grudges. A lot of the great ones do stuff like that, and let me tell you, there is not a bigger chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder that, in my opinion, he's ever had. I think he was out to prove people wrong that he slipped in the draft, yes, and I think that's part of the success story of him. I also think that he went to junior college, and he was told he wasn't good enough at high school, so then he obviously went and played at junior college, had some success, went to Cal. Had success at Cal, rest is history. So I do think there's this notion that there's the opportunity for Aaron Rodgers just to give it all he's got and play over his head for one season. But it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if it was one season and retire and or one season and he's just not as good as he once was. As for Aaron Rodgers, you're kind of in a win-win situation. Kind of, yeah. Right, right. If he if he's terrible, then you're like, I told you he sucked. Like he sucked last year. I, I I've been saying it all year long. But if they win 13 games and are the top 10 in the AFC, you're like, you just get to cheer for the guy you've cheered for for the past decade and a half. That's very it's very true. It's a win-win for Packers fan. It's a weird spot to be in as a Packers fan, if I'm being frank, because next year we get the number one pick for the Jets. I would like to see them stink, and if they're gonna stink, I'd like to see them so bad you get a top five pick out of it, which would be icing on the cake. 
But a part of you wants to root for Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers play really, really well. Because I know this is hard to understand, and it's, it, as a Bengals fan, you definitely don't want to put yourself in this spot right now. But if, Aaron, if, if, if Joe Burrow were to be in a spot where 15 years from now he just did everything you could possibly imagine for the city, and the organization decided to move on from him. A lot of Bengals fans would still obviously hope for whatever's whatever's best for the Bengals, but you're you're still hoping that that the guy that you've loved your whole career that like you've said goes out and plays well. Sean says I'm flip flopping around. I uh, I get the concept of that. I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me if he played unbelievably well for one season and then that was the end of it. Worst possible scenario because I've thought long and hard about this. And for I bet the you Packers have. Fans. I bet this you have. What I'm hoping for. Just, just, just want to watch the world burn. Aaron Rodgers comes out. They win their first four games. He dominates. Throws, you know, 13 touchdowns in the first four games. They're four zero. Gets hurt. Yep. Misses 10 games. You know, they won five games with Zach Wilson last year. They go five and five over those 10 games. So now they're sitting at nine and five. Aaron comes out, plays the last three games. They win them out. They're the first overall seed. Then they they lose in the, the first round of, of the playoffs. And, and or they go to the AFC championship game and lose, as he typically does in championship games. And you guys get, what would that be? The, the 63rd overall pick, 61st overall pick for Aaron Rodgers? It's the worst possible scenario. But let's keep this segment moving. All right. We All got right. one more, or was that it? We got, a, we got a few more. Four more. Oh, man. We got eight of these. Then if we got eight of them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be precise. Yeah. Right. The Lions will win the, a uh, the NFC North. Buy or sell? I'm buying. Selling. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> I'm buying. You all know I've been super high on the Lions, so. Ah, this is tough. I thought about this one for a little while. I'm going to buy it. Buy, buy, buy. I'm gonna buy it. I don't. I'm not as high on the Lions as Casey, but I was also wrong on the Lions last year. I thought they'd win two games, so they won a lot more than that. How could you? I mean, that's just part of not watching them a lot, then, and that's fair. Well, they started 0 six, and I thought it. I thought I was. Well, I guess they started 0 six. Yeah, I, I thought I was onto something, and then I just didn't believe in Dan Campbell at all. Thought he had a good shtick and was one of those kinds of guys. The Lions, Casey, were in a little bit of a weird spot, man, because. They were set up for success, and then all of a sudden now, like, they, they had their number one draft pick get depleted. They got a bunch of scandals going around with with oh, with, okay. with, with yeah. guys getting kicked off the team because they're gambling. Uh, I'm, I'm not too too concerned over that. I think it does stink about uh, Jameson, but I thought you were going to go with uh, they've been oh, a running back. I, I knew you. Play. I seen your lies light up over there because you thought you put me in a booby trap, and then I was going to say that they've drafted or they drafted, they they reached on Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. But no, they did not reach on Jameer Gibbs. They decided that, that was a priority and they wanted to go get it. See if it works out for him. It's going to be a damn shame when Jameer Gibbs is like the uh, NL or NL, excuse me, Christmas, the NFL rookie of the year. I'll have to eat my words then. Ready? What'd you say? I'm, I'm selling. Okay. Bears or the Vikings who won 13 games last year. People forget that. All right. Next one. The Seahawks are contenders in the NFC. Like as in like the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. No. Buy. Uh, sell that. Sell, sell, sell. Of them. What? 
You got you got the the 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, all probably better rosters. Yeah. Packers. Packers? Lions. <laughs> yeah, this is an easy sell. 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 Yeah, I, I don't I just not a like, What do you think, Gaze? I don't know, guys. I mean, they're going to – what What are we defining contenders? Because they're definitely making the playoffs again. Contenders Shots, is playing in the, the championship game. Shots to win the NFC championship game. Yeah. I think there's a shot. I'll, I'll buy. I'll buy. I think there's a shot. Because, wow. Because I think last year was their way of learning how to win. They have a, a new quarterback there. He played really, really well. They had two rookie tackles. They're going to be on their second years. Going to have more development time, be able to potentially stunt the 49ers' pass rush. But, you know, I think if it came down to it, the likely scenario is that they're facing the 49ers in the championship round. And if that were the case, then uh, I don't think they would move on. But very low chance. But I'm going to buy because of that low chance. Everett says the NFC's trash, so he just said bye. I I can't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. The weird thing about that whole NFC is trash argument is um is I just wonder if we inflate teams because of their quarterback. Sure. And and, and I, I get that the quarterbacks win. They do. I can't argue that. However, I think sometimes we act like certain teams are just better than they really are because of who they have at quarterback. I, I, I go back to the, the, the situation with the Bills last year. I just wonder how good the Bills actually were. I, 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 I genuinely don't think the Bills were that good. I would agree with that. So, Josh Allen's great at times. However, if you, if, again... We put the Bills on a pedestal just because of Josh Allen, and maybe we should. However, there's teams that I know for a fact in my mind that would, if they played a best of, best of seven series in football, which I know is not a thing, but if they did that, I think that there's two or three or four teams in the NFC that would just manhandle them, win in five games. So, and the Eagles might be the best team in the NFL. So the whole, the whole NFC thing can get a little out of hand at times. I, I get that I had a bid on that last year. I understand why you're coming after me, and that's fine. Two more. Yep. Let's do it. Bryce Young. You buying or selling Bryce Young? I feel like he's one of the most under-talked about first overall picks that we've had in quite some time. You buying Ooh. and selling that he's going to be a star in this league? Putting me on the spot on this one, aren't you? Hmm. You know my reputation's going to be on the line with this. Which is which is somebody that just knows quarterbacks. This is nut cutting time. This is nut cutting time. Nut cutting nation. I've called Justin Fields a fraud from the start. I was wrong on Baker Mayfield. Put my hand up and saying that. I was right on Herbert. Um, I don't think Joe Burrow's too big of a claim. Most people thought Joe Burrow was going to be great. I think that Bryce Young is going to be fine in this league. I don't want to say he's going to be like a perennial, you know, pro bowler or something. Is he Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins gets a lot of disrespect. Yeah, let's put the bar at Kirk Cousins. Is he going to be better than Kirk Cousins? 
I think the easy answer is saying no, statistically, like speaking. Like, there's a, there's a, it's hard to be Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is actually pretty damn good. But I will say that he's going to be just about as good as Kirk Cousins. Okay. I'm buying. I'll buy Bryce Young stock. I'll buy it now. Give me Bryce Young will be a star in this league. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah, Jim, thanks. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to sell on him doing something this year, but I want to reserve the right to buy later. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy high when no stock options. No stock options. Well, I uh, if I had to make a choice right now, I'd probably sell just because the team around him is miserable. I'm gonna buy, but I'm gonna ask for the gift receipt. <laughs> They're saying on the chat that the uh, the uh, Kramer. Might be a little loud, so you might need to adjust that. Possibly, I don't know for sure. You, it's hard to trust the chat in these situations. They might be right. They might be wrong, Casey. Um, Final one, Trace. Let's hear it. Near and dear to your heart, Justin Fields will prove that he is he not sucks. a fidget spinner. He sucks, man. He is so bad. He is so bad. Why does everybody think this guy is good, man? I don't get it. That's terrible. He is just so damn bad. I, I I love it because it's the Bears. I love it, man. I think it's hilarious. I think it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we got our guy. But, I mean, if he doesn't produce this year, we might have to go get another quarterback. Clearly, you know where I'm going with this. This was a gift to your dear friend and our and our boss sean spurlock this whole segment he wants the clips we're giving you just clips i mean <laughs> this one was orchestrated exactly to get a clip out of you and, and i applaud you trace we put the ball on the team you keep, stepped up to the plate and knocked it out of the park I, i'll keep doing it i don't care <laughs> i'll keep doing it i'm I, i'm so confident in this that he's, he's not a franchise quarterback he's not i'm not gonna get into all this again guy's terrible and terrible is in he is not a quarterback. He's a good running back. He's a hell of an athlete. You could argue he's one of the best athletes in the sport. If you were going to tell me that he was going to convert to a running back and or a tight end, I might convince myself that he could play in this league for a long time. Quarterback is not happening. It's not happening. Doesn't have it up here. He doesn't have it up here. Oh, man. He doesn't. He's going to drop back. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. He's going to drop back. He's going to make his one or two reads. He's not going to be able to read, read a defense. And he's then going to scramble. And there's going to be times where he breaks plays and he's just so much at, more athletic than everybody else that he's able to make a, that he's able to make a play. Uh, but eventually, your legs are going to give out. Eventually, that's not going to be there. Sounds and like Lamar. He's probably going to get hurt, if we're being honest. He is Lamar. But Lamar can throw the ball actually better than Justin Fields. So go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that he's gonna prove that he's not a fidget spinner. I believe in what the Bears are doing. They're stacking up on talent. I think they're ready to roll. I'm selling. I'm so out on Justin Fields. So out on Justin Fields. I'm tired of it. Like it's it's honest. Like we joke about the the tired thing. I'm tired of Justin Fields. Fair. Like he throws a good ball every once in a while. We see a good highlight. He can be exciting here and there. But the Bears should be better more consistently than they are for a market like that, for a team like that. 
They should be better. They're not. I'm selling it. I'm buying. I think the Bears are going to win the NFC North. I think there's a lot of lot of drama going on there with the Lions. I don't I, I don't think the Packers are going to get it done. And I think the, the Vikings are on a slippery slope. So by default, I think Justin Fields and the Bears are the only team trending upwards. So give me the Bears to win it all. And Justin Fields will have a Pro Bowl season. Not hard in the NFC, but yeah. Fair. We got through a buy or sell segment. Round of applause, nice job. guys. Good, Good job. job. Thank you, all Jason right. Kramer. We That's go. right. We did it. And go ahead. Jim Kramer, not Jason Kramer. <laughs> I know a Jason Kramer. He's gotcha. Shout out Jason. Um, I wanted to say there was a good comment made by David. He said we might want to switch the Vi Bye Bye to the in sync version. Ain't no lie, baby. Well, Casey would have a heart attack with that copyright. Oh yeah. We don't want to mess that up. Hmm. I'm sure Jim Kramer's not copyrighted. Yeah. Tell you what, sir boy, you are right there with Tom when it comes to that Ohio State bias. Tell mm. you what, boy, you are right there with him. You know what I'm saying? It's like if there's an opportunity to hate and or get on the Buckeyes, you are all the way in or all the way out. I I appreciate your loyalty to the Buckeyes. I'm sure the I'm sure the uh, Scarlet and Gray do too. Let's do something fun. Don't know how this is gonna go live, but you know what? Just like that old Fox News anchor once proclaimed. Not gonna say it. Bill O'Reilly. Do it live. We'll do it live. I'll write it. We'll do it live. So we're going to do this live. little MLB tier maker. Now, I don't know what the category should be. Let's have some fun, chat. What should the tiers be? I think also, you know what I can't stand about the tier maker? Casey, I don't know if you can change like the, the really quickly the colors, but like, why do they always start it at red? And green's at the bottom. It should be. I've wondered the same it's like, thing. Why not have green at the top? We all know that that's like a, the, a, the go, psychological version go, of right. go. Look at that, Casey on the fly. Nice, thank all you, right. Casey. Way to fix tier makers, just bad software. So we are tiering the logos of the teams. Right. What Hello. should be the actual name at the top? It should be like, I don't know, elite, elite or classic, iconic, iconic. I think that's the right word. Iconic? Iconic. Okay. Elite. Mid. The fourth one is eh. I was gonna say eh, man. Eh. And then the last one should be Stakes. Need new. Need needs. Stakes. Needs Matt Grimes. Need yeah, put need needs Grimes. Alright. To be clear, this is the actual logo, right? This is not the uniform. Correct. This is not any of the nostalgia that comes with the, the organization. None of that. It's just strictly the logo. When you look at it, you perceive what? So, yeah, there are a couple that, like the, the Brewers logo. You want to go this. through it one by one, and let's just have a conversation quickly about each yeah. one, and yeah. we'll, we'll debate on where it should go, and then the, the chat, if we're in a tie... We have four folks in here. If we're in a tie on where we think it should go, the chat can, can, can chime in real fast and make their, uh, make their bold prediction. Start with the Yankees. Do we just want to go right down the row? Yeah. 
seems like the easiest one to put in one category for me. I'm going to say that's probably iconic. Yeah, that's that's probably the best logo in the league. It's it's maybe that's just nostalgia talking. But it's nostalgia. It's but nostalgia talking. I mean, they're that's they're, part of it. They're the face of the league, and a league that is the third most uh, popular league in the United States. They are the most valuable franchise in the United States. So give me the Yankees at iconic. Yeah, what do you guys got over there? You you got something uh, that's funny well, for us, we, or is it just for a part half of a it? second? We thought this whole segment was dead because the. Thing wasn't dragging up. I mean, uh, I tested it yesterday. You just can't zoom in, so we're gotcha. gonna have to deal with the ads, people. Sorry. That's okay. We'll zoom in at the very end. What about that? Yep. All right. Beautiful. Mariners. Um, I love the Mariners logo. Mariners logo for me is. Mm. I'm super biased though. That's almost pretty much my family crest. Is that star? I would say the American the nautical star is your family crest. Well, not not legitimately my family crest. But are you a Viking? My, huh? Are you a Viking? No, no. I <laughs> the star David. So my my grandpa used to make these. You're Jewish? No. Oh no. <laughs> Ah, Where's this d- going? Never mind. Just, <laughs> I don't, don't want to explain it. Let's just keep Mar- Mariners, moving. in my opinion, are are mid. I think they're eh. I think they're eh. Paul, I'll go mid. Uh, I'm going. Casey's mid. going. Casey, you can't do that and then go mid. You got to at least say like. Uh, well, I was gonna say like elite, but that would put us in in mid. So. Yeah, let's go mid. All right. Raise. Rays is an eh for me. I'm a mid. I think it's I think it's modern. It's a modern franchise. I think that that logo is is mid. I think I think it plays. Uh, I'm gonna go with eh. All right. Blue Jays. Trace. I am gonna say the Blue Jays is elite. I agree. That bird is just sharp. I like the Blue Jays and Elite. Yeah, I, I, I like the flag. I like the little, you know, Canadian um, leaf. Maple and, leaf, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it looks good. Yeah, I agree. Elite. Elite. Man, we're, we're agreeing a lot here. Miami! Mid. We got to put, uh, I think we're going to put, I was looking at the YouTube, which is probably a bad place to look when I have a studio monitor right in front of my face. Um, I actually think Miami is elite. I'm gonna go somewhere between mid and elite. I'm an I'm a I'm a mid. I'm a mid. Ooh, chat. We need it. We need your help fast. We need a, a tiebreaker. Yep. We need a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker on Miami's chat. logo. Next chat. All right, Cardinals. It needs changed. Mid. I'm kidding. I, I think the Cardinals is a... I, I'm it's an we're getting, mid, we're getting mid on Marlins. Marlins so. mid. That's what I was talking about there. Okay. All right. I, I think the Cardinals, I hate to say this, but it's an iconic. It's absolutely iconic. It's iconic I know we're not though. talking about jerseys, but the Cardinals jerseys with two Cardinals on the bat, that's an that's an iconic jersey. So, yeah, yeah they're, they're iconic. Yep. Houston. I like it. I'm gonna go elite. It's simple. Are we just talking about the logo or the jerseys? The logos. Logos. The logos. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go between mid and elite. One of those two. I'll say. I'm gonna say mid. I'm a mid as well. 
Sure. Sure. Mid? Yeah, mid. Mid. All right. Were you leaning more towards eh or more towards elite? I was going to say eh. Okay. I was going to say eh, but mid works. Braves. Elite. Ooh. I don't think it quite gets into iconic territory. I want to say that the Braves for me is mid. I was going to go, ah, eh. I can't stand it. Oh, man. Really? Yeah. What do you got, Casey? I was going to say mid. All right. That splits the difference. Yeah. All right. The Orioles. What are we doing about this bird? That bird, to me, guys, is elite. <laughs> I like it. I like the bird, I too. The bird. I love the bird, too. I love the bird, I love the bird. I can't put it in iconic because that feels a little too um, – like I, I think it's maybe the best logo, but possibly. What? Like I love the bird. I just don't. I can't put it up there with like the iconic. Yeah, logos. correct. So I, I, I think it's elite. You guys uh, don't I, elite, elite. Elite. I think we've got a. Y'all outweigh me. I. I what fine. do you got it at? <laughs> Needs Grimes. Oh, oh no! no! Oh no! Casey. Sorry. Not a fan. Not a fan of uh, the cartoony stuff. Of course, you know that trace, but. This is true. Well, that's why I was saying, what are we doing about the bird? Because it is cartoony, but it's funny. I like the bird. It's, I, icon it's iconic to baseball culture. I, I get that. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it has anything to do with baseball culture. I think it's, I just like the look of it. I like the colors. I just, I don't know. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. All right. Guardians. They need Grimes. They need Grimes. They need Grimes. That's so bad. I think Colorado might need Grimes too. I so that's not actual Colorado's logo. This this a little, it's a little outdated. A little outdated. Yeah. So they they actually they're 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 they main, went to Grimes. Their main logo is the mountain logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah with yeah. the can mountain, I, the ball coming out. Can and I? It, and that stinks too. I was gonna say I don't know how hard it is for Casey to pull that up on the fly. They need Grimes. Either way, they need Grimes. Well, I would. You're talking about the one that has the 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 mountain the mountain through the yeah. middle. And I, I think that's bad too. So that CR though is the one that's still on their hat, right? Yes. Okay. Well, we're we're talking about who no, are we talking about? The Rockies. The Rockies. The Rockies. I, I I I pulled it up, but just for the folks that might not, you know, want to go pull it up on their own, uh, they might be able to either, see either it. Either one, I think, is that bad. I I agree. I think yeah, that the Rockies yeah. are an eh for me. I don't know if they need Grimes yet, but I'm gonna need Grimes, but I yeah, I, I, can, I can concede. Right. Eh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Detroit. I. I'm gonna go mid to elite here on Detroit. I like the. I know Old it's English. Kind of, I yeah. I know it's kind of in the same vein as just the one letter, like the last two. Mm -hmm. But I like that that Old English kind of style. It it has the the a little character to it, a little flair. You know, I I like this. I like the Detroit logo. I I think it's good. Um, yeah, I'm. I can be easily swayed into elite. I think I'm leaning more mid. But I hate to make this so difficult, but I think it's a, I think it's you don't like it. I think it's mid. It, I, it, I think it, 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 if we were to rank these like Casey does his stink list, which I can't wait to come back. Um, I think it's the first one though. Like it's the closest to elite, but I don't think it's elite. Not that we need to do that yet. We'll do that at the very end. We'll, okay. we'll sort it by yeah. the very end. All right. Uh, I'll just put it in mid. I don't have much thoughts on it. Okay. That is the best mid that we've had so far. I agree. I can't 
I wouldn't be mad if we put it at elite, if we're being frank. Maybe if we have too many mids, it gets bumped up. We'll see. Well, I, I just think there's so much character to it. Like, if you look at the I, I, I what comes across, it kind of looks like the baseball seams. The the flare off the back kind of looks like the tiger stripes. I mean, I think there's I think some there's some character. Baseball to that. seams. There's, what what are you saying? What like the saying? like in the middle of the D. The old English D. The old know. English D. What comes across that kind of it's kind of designed have to get like a better baseball. look at that. Is it legit? It, it, like I don't think like that's baseball? by design. No, it's not by design. But if you kind of if you're kind of reading into you know, it, it kind of looks like kinda kinda okay. If you stare eyes, at it for so long, your eyes, your head. Just, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Understood. All right. What uh this one? Royals. The Royals. That is elite or iconic for me. I'm open, to, I'm open to what others think. I like the Royals. I do. I really do. I think it blends in with the stadium, blends in with the theme of the team. I like I like it. I like it. I think it's elite. Yeah, I do too. Elite. You're all going to outweigh me. I think that's eh. Ooh, it's very basic. Doesn't like it. Now, when you were out in Kansas City, Case, did you take a gander at the stadium? I that did. Is, I do like it. I do like that how it looks That is their scoreboard. The their yeah, logo is their scoreboard. Yeah, scoreboard. I do like that a lot, but I just – like, they're stuck with it, so I guess, you know, if I were trying to update it, like, it would be pointless. No one's so. ever stuck, to be fair, but I get your point. It's hard to change your logo or your brand when you've had it for so long, but it's the, the crown is what I, I like in it. I get what you're saying. You don't you not like the KC part of it, or you just don't like the crown? I don't like the KC okay. part of it. I don't like KC either. Yeah. All right, Casey, we're going to need you to do some detective work on the Brewers real quick because I want to blow I, your mind. All I right? just went right over my head for about two seconds. I want to blow your mind, and we don't have a – we're running on time because I think Tracy's coming on here at 1130. Yeah, we got to – Ah, he can wait. This is important. we got to power through. <laughs> the Brewers, that's not their new logo. That's not their actual logo. So if you can, I want you to pull up the Brewers logo, and I want you to tell me what you see. This, the glove. Yeah, it's the glove, right? Yeah, you just you, you just think it's a glove. You don't see anything else about it. I mean, I see the M and I see the B. There you Did go. Did not see is. that. There Did not is. see that. I you should have, you you kind of gave that away. To be fair, never in a million years that I noticed the M and the B. Yep. So it is. It is not just a glove. It is their their initials, the Milwaukee Brewers. That M that's on the graphic is eh. It is. The M and the B. Is somewhere between elite and iconic. Right. Whoever made this tier maker, they they yeah. messed that up. Just to yep. so everyone's on the same page. I I do like I that do one like though. that one a lot. That this is going to be electric podcast listening for the people. That are <laughs> yeah, the old the old school. I don't know how old it is, but the Milwaukee Brewers. It is electric podcast listening. Let's let's move them to uh, to yeah. That's fine. People are going to be pissed when they see this graphic when we put it on social media later because that's a <laughs> terrible selection based off that M. Uh, Angels. Needs Grimes. Needs Grimes. Angels needs what? Grimes? Yeah, I don't like it. You don't like the, what? With the halo? No. What? Nope. At worst case, it's mid. Yeah, I was going to say You think mid. that could be iconic or elite? I, it's, I don't say that. worst case implies that it could be higher. Yeah, I, I could. It, you could convince me that it's elite. I I don't like it. Needs All grimes. Right. Well, I think it's mid. So we're gonna. Eh. It seems like so it's... put it in an eh. Okay. Oakland. Eh. Yeah. Does nothing. The elephant is cool. That that's not their logo. Yeah. Uh, Phillies is for me mid. 
Really? I was gonna go elite. I like elite too for the Phillies, the, the cracks of Libertyville. Bell. Are you un-American, Trace? It's not that I'm un-American. It's that I just think it's a little busy. Hmm. A little busy. Um, okay. I I'm somewhat leaning towards Trace as well in, in the mid category. All right, we need a chat. All right, so we need a chat. Mid on, or elite on chat. On the Phillies, chat. Need it, need it fast. We got, chat. We got one mid. Phillies. We got we got to go quick because we got Tracy coming in here in a second. Elite. We need one more. Elite. It's the rubber match. Elite. Rico. Elite. All right. All right. Elite it is. On to the next one. Grimes. I hate the pee. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, eh. I think this is iconic. Wow. What? It's a I, pee. Wow. I like the pee. It's the colors. It's the colors. The black and the gold for me, but I will it's succeed. Just, I, I don't feel wow. overly Go ahead, the yellow Casey. charismatic It's about yellow it. pee. <laughs> it's literally <laughs> urine. Yeah, it's urine. Like, come on. It needs a little. All right. I, I think at that point, if, if it's either eh or, or mid based off the fact that he thinks it's iconic. That's a tough. Throw it in eh. Reed no, Malice is making eh. it tough. It's eh. All right. As it is. Mid. San Diego. Mid. Yeah. Uh, I think it's eh. Mid to eh. So oh, throw... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say mid. Okay. Okay. Rangers? I like the Rangers. I, I want I'm going to say elite here. I can't stand the Rangers. Yeah, oh, really? I think I think I'm in a I think I'm at the bottom of two. I want to say that's almost like a need Grimes. Really? What? I agree. I think I'm closer to need Grimes. I, I'm closer to to what Paul said. I, I think it's What what do you guys like about the Rangers logo exactly? Got the, got the baseball in it. Got uh, the colors. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Looks like a clip art baseball Got by the, the way. colors. It's like oh. I like the I like Bill the Gates came up with like that. The threw it in there on word art. That's true. I think it's why it's so iconic is because it's the most generic baseball logo like team that you could possibly have. It's you're really you're a trying to say iconic and you're just called it the most generic. Yeah. Those two Correct. words do not mend together. Well, when I think of iconic, I think of most memorable, like the most like. I right, throw it in mid or eh. mid. Mid. Mid at best. Yeah, it thinks yeah, stinks. Okay. Red Sox. Iconic. Elite. You got them in iconic? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Up there. Yeah, I think that's an iconic. iconic Giants. Logo. I like the Giants. Giants, I think it's either mid or elite. I could be convinced of either. I was going to say elite. Throw them in elite, elite. Even it out. I like the Giants. Dodgers, iconic. Iconic. Yeah, that's maybe the most iconic. D-backs? I think well, that's Casey a... had some reservations about the diamond or the... Dodgers, did you? No. Oh, okay. No. D-backs? D-backs, I want to say that is, for me, mm, I keep wanting to think, put everything in mid, but I, I would go with eh on theirs. I'm an eh. Yeah, I'm an eh, too. All right. The New York Metropolitans. Mm, this one's going to be a difficult one. Okay. I am going iconic. I go with elite, so we're close. I'd put it in elite. I don't think it's quite iconic. I think it's at the top of the elite. It's a good we'll, color scheme. We'll, Blue and we'll, orange. We'll go well. with elite. We'll go with elite because I'm going to say elite too. Tracy is in here, so let's motor through these last few. All right. Socks, mid. Mid. Um, I mid. mid. That's too. fine. I'm not going to argue that. The twins, is, the twins eh. for me, I'm going to tell you right now, needs Grimes. Things terrible. Needs twins. Grimes. All right. Yeah, the twins needs Grimes. Cubbies. I don't think it's iconic. I think it's elite. Elite. Cubs is elite. 
Nationals, it breaks my heart. The mid. Walgreens logo. That's so bad. Oh, oh man, you're saying you these crimes. I was going to say mid. No, I was no, I mean I I love it, but it is the Walgreens logo. It is the Walgreens logo. It's got to be mid. Eh. And the Reds. Wishbone C, what are we thinking? I this is the one where I hey, I people are going to hate me for this. The Reds logo, that logo, it just it's just not it. Man, is he saying eh? I, I think, think it's, it's mid. I think it's elite. I think it's elite. I think it's elite. Really? Yeah. That logo specifically? Yeah. Well, I was going to say mid, so this is up to the chat. Last one. Well, let's let's bring Tracy Jones, Jones in here. Tracy Jones Let's ask Tracy Jones. No What's... one better than Tracy Jones to answer this question. We have tier-ranked, Tracy, every single one of the Major League Baseball logos. Right there. Know. Best logo of all time. Right what we there. got? <laughs> that is there true. Unfortunately, it's not on the tier maker. Why, Tracy? Because they are not a Major League Baseball franchise. What do you think about that? Well, they're going to get them back. They're working on that. They're working on maybe getting a, a, a team again. I like to see it. That's a great place, Montreal. So we got four. One, two, three, four, five. I, I can't count. We got five different tiers here, Tracy. We got iconic. We got iconic. We have elite. We have mid obviously known as average. We got eh, and then we got something called Need Grimes, which is a graphic designer right outside of our door, which means they're absolutely horrible. They need to get somebody to fix it immediately. Don't know how well you can see all that, but we have, uh, you know, we have all the different logos all over the place. The Cincinnati okay. Reds. Cincinnati Reds iconic. is the last team. You think iconic. the Reds is iconic. You got it right yes. up there with Yankees, Cardinals, yep. Red Sox, and Dodgers. Yes, and I think the Giants are iconic too. Okay. I also think the Tigers are iconic. So iconic. Yeah. Well, I'll tell Tigers you what. We're not going to let you come in here and just completely ravage what we've worked on for the last 45 minutes. Yeah. But I will say, I think we can be convinced that the Tigers, who we said was the absolute best mid, if, if worst case, maybe we bump them up for Tracy Jones. We put them at a yeah. I don't think we can make it iconic, though, to be fair. And I think the, the uh, Mariners is up there as well. Now, you notice there's something in common, right? I played for those I, I, five I, major league teams. I don't know if you guys... See, you guys didn't even get that. I know Casey didn't get a clue. Is, is that Reed sitting in for Paulie? <laughs> we got them all in here. You no, know, we're, we're all here. You know, you know, Tracy, what happens is uh, when, when Tom calls off or Tom has something that he needs to go do, we just try to figure out how we're going to keep on going with the show. So we, we bring everybody in the room as a crutch as they say. You just try to get as many people in the room as you can, and you just lean on each other, and you just start bouncing off ideas, although they're bad. At least there's more than one person that has a voice. Let, let me throw this at you before we talk a little baseball, because I thought about you guys last night, and I want to get your take on this. Can't wait. Go to dinner with two other couples. They're friends of my wife's. We go to a nice restaurant, pretty nice restaurant. Uh, conversation's kind of boring. I would never do it again with that those two couples, but that's not the point. Okay. We go and order. I get a Caesar salad, chicken Caesar salad. My wife gets a chicken Caesar salad. Uh, I get an iced tea, unsweetened. She gets an unsweetened iced tea. Now, I'm either drinking or eating. I'm not doing both. I don't drink alcohol when I'm eating. So I'm there to eat. Not, not a big deal. Okay. The other two couples are eating like they're going to the electric chair. They can't get enough food. They're one of those appetizers. 
Right. I'll get some brandy. I'll get yeah. some, you know, the, the mixed drinks. Yeah. Or you have so the golden drought. Here's, <laughs> here's the point of me bringing this up. It comes to the end of the dinner. Yep. What do you think one of the JOs says? Let's split the bill. Let's split the bill. I had chicken Caesar salad, Trace. Okay. Yeah. I didn't drink. The bill was like, it was over a little over $600. Wow. I finally looked at my wife and said, I, I look at her and give her the look. She thinks every time we go out, I should pay for the entire dinner. It doesn't matter. She thought I was, you know, I was playing in the big leagues now instead when I was making 60 or 80,000 playing for the Reds in 86 and 87. So I happened to have a couple of hundred dollar bills. I threw it on the table and that was that. Splitting the bill is stupid. Who came up with that idea? I even like when you throw your credit cards in and you yeah. pick out of that. That's something I could see. I would just soon pick up the dinner than have someone split the tab. And so Caesar, chicken Caesar and iced teas cost me $200. Do you think that's right? What would you have done? What I would have done would have been relatively, would have been relatively funny, I think. As soon as they would have offered the idea of splitting the bill, I'd have said, "You know what? I I I, I think I want some uh, dessert." And I would have ordered probably twelve di different things from the dessert menu. I would have tried to get my I would have tried to get myself in a monetary value that was relatively close to what they had already spent, and I would have just walked home with like fourteen, you know, different dessert type things on the way out. What do you think about that? that yeah. Now that's that's uh, quick that's thinking, right. Tracy. That's really quick thinking on your part. Instead, I'm mad. My wife looks at me like I'm some kind of cheap ass, and I'm thinking, we should have. We should have just gone for round two and said, you know what? All of a sudden, I'm pretty hungry, and <laughs> I, I'd like to get some of that top-shelf uh, Grey Goose, a couple of two shots of that, and let's get it on. But I just could not believe someone made this, let's split the bill. It just really, bad taste in my mouth. Tracy, you bring up a good point. There's many topics that we're going to get into today. The chats uh, must be, since Tom's out, they want me to ask you a bunch of questions, and I'll get to a few of those in a moment. But you bring up a good point. I had the, the fortune, the good fortune, of playing summer baseball and being coached by Mark Lewis. Obviously played in the big leagues mm -hmm. for a while. There's yeah. this perception There's this perception that obviously when you're, when you're you know, what perceived as wealthy uh, from, from many that you automatically have to do certain things, or if you don't do them, then you must just be a bad person. And as I've grown older, I've always wondered like, why is that even the thing? Like, why is it assumed that this person right. should pick up the bill just because they've had success in life and theoretically have more money than the next person. Now, to be fair to Mark, he'd always pick up the bill, but I just wonder behind closed doors, you know, that has to be something that bugs the absolute ever-living hell out of Major League Baseball players and or celebrities when it comes time to hanging out with friends or buddies or whoever. That you Do you always feel the burden of having to pick up the tab? Always. Every single time. And Mark's a little different than, you know, I played back in the 80s. Mark made some good money. I mean, my first three years in the big leagues, I made 60, 80, and 100. Now the, the minimum for those major leaguers, I think, are 575, isn't it? Something like somewhere, that. Somewhere around there. It's a lot so, of money. And I don't mind picking up the tab, but every single time it just gets a little little frustrating. But boy, they assume that you're playing in the, you know, nowadays instead of back in the 80s when we didn't really make that kind of money. And even even in the minor leagues, they expect you to pay. I, when I would go home with my parents, I picked up every single meal. 
From the time I signed my contract, I picked up every single meal that I went with on my parents. I brought home my first year. Now listen to this, Trace. $232 take home. Mm. Take home every two weeks. Talking about it, that, that's a crime right there. That's abuse. That is abuse. So, Do you ever have anybody that you've remembered the way that they treated either the group or you by saying they'd pick up their bill? The opposite. Have you ever had somebody that you're like, wow, I, I, I'm actually, I'm impressed that this person went out of their way and just said, no, I'll, I'll make sure that I take care of mine. You know who does that is my wife's mom. You know, the, the woman with the $268,000 Porsche, huh? Yeah. Porsche, yeah. Uh, not Porsche, Porsche. She right. picks up every single tab. There you go. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. I'll tell you who's real generous. I'll, I'll throw Buddy Bell. You go with Buddy Bell out to eat. He, Buddy Bell picks up every single tab. And if you try to pay, you'll get mad. I'll tell you another guy who's real generous, Rob mm -hmm. Dibble. Dibble right. is really cool. generous. Very, that's kind of surprising. He's very giving. So I really, those two guys probably the most generous that I played with. All right. Staying on the same lines, who's your favorite MLB manager that you ever played for? Is that putting you on the spot? I like Buck Rogers. Buck I like Rogers. Buck Rogers because he, he treated everyone the same and, and different than Sparky. Sparky had different rules for the star players compared to the scrubs. The star players, if you played in Detroit, a guy like Alan Trammell, uh, another star player like Cecil Fielder, myself, Lou Whitaker, uh, Jack Morris, Tracy Jones. So those guys were treated a little differently than a Matt Noakes or a Dave Bergman. Some people don't like that. Um, I do, because in Montreal, everyone was treated the same. If you didn't run the ball out, you were out of the game. You had to hustle. It didn't matter if it was Hubie Brooks, Tim Raines. You had to play the game right. Pete had kind of different rules for different guys too. So that's a, that's a, a different way of managing. And I, I think you got to I think you got to have the same rules for twenty five guys. And you guys might disagree with that because Jimmy Johnson was not like that. He had different rules for Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, and then you had the rest of the guys. I think that depends on who you ask, Tracy. If you're probably the best player on the team, you're okay with those rules. If you're not, you probably don't like them. Yeah. Paulie's got a question for you. Yeah, yeah, I got a, I got a quick question, Tracy. So I listened to Dibble for a couple of years uh, out in D.C. Uh, being a Nationals fan. He was he was the color analyst out there. I'm just curious. I'm I'm gonna leave this open ended to you. What was Dibble like? Do you have any stories about him? Is there anything? Just because I listened to him for so long, year in and year out for a couple of years while he was doing it there, wasn't there all that long? But you got anything about Dibble that that you can share? Oh, uh, we were both on each other's weddings. Uh, I went to his wedding in Connecticut. He went to my wedding in in, uh, in Cincinnati. Dib and I were roommates. Even though we had in our contracts that we could room by ourselves, I liked having a roommate. I had great roommates. I had Kurt Stilwell, I had Paul O'Neill, and I had Rob Dibble. <laughs> there's, there's quite a difference between those three. <laughs> Dibs, I, I'm a big fan of Rob Dibble because he, he's got a lot of guts. He was a very good pitcher. We started in Eugene, Oregon together. And Dibs, what he would do in spring training, I would fly, he, Dib would be in there first because he was with the pitchers and catchers, right? So he would meet me at the airport to give me a ride to my hotel. He would have a six pack of Mickey's. You know Mickey's Big Mouth? Those, those things, because he knew I liked it. And that's what he would have. He says, come on, Trace, let's go out. And that guy could go all night long. He would party all night, not get drunk or anything, but he had the most energy of any person 
that I've ever come across. I mean, he, he could go all night. We'd stay out till three o'clock in the morning. And then in the morning, knock on the door. Come on, we got to eat breakfast. And we're off to breakfast. I mean, he was, he was a great, great roommate. Very good Love player it. too. Would you consider him a nut cutter? What's a nut cutter? Beautiful. Well, just so you know, uh, yours truly, Tom Brenneman, decided that he was going to use and coin the phrase nutcutter. I thought that, that was a made-up term that he just brought up on the fly, and he had insinuated that it was somebody that got the job done when it mattered the most. You know, like clutch. There's obviously all these different terms that people use, and he said that guy's a nutcutter. Well, unbeknownst to us, that term actually does exist. If you Google it, be careful, but I'm saying if you do Google it, uh, you can find the definition. And uh, yeah. our, our chat has decided to turn themselves into Nutcutter Nation. Uh, I'm not sure if that's something that you feel like you could uh, join or not, Tracy. Your overall thoughts on the term Nutcutter. Where did Tom get, where did Tom get that Nutcutter? Did he get it from Pornhub? What, what I, exactly I'm was shocked. He... I, I've used that for years. I thought you guys were like playing a bit that you hadn't heard it because I've used that for years. I, I mean, it's a thing. It's, it's a real thing. Yeah, so that's is. someone that is clutch right that's someone that can produce yeah, like you get down to it it's nut cutting time you know you're a nut cutter i'll get you the exact definition in uh just a moment but tracy there's a couple guys right now that the reds fan base is clamoring for they are they are they are hoping and praying that these guys come up largely because the production at the big league level is just not there usually if you have a uh, a, a talented team at the major league level that nobody really cares about what the prospects are doing. But I guess you become a prospect hugger once you realize that the team at the major league level is probably not going to be entertaining and or sufficient enough to win to make it entertaining. What was it like for you when you got the call to go to the big leagues? Do you remember that? Where was it? What was the emotion like? How nervous were you when you got there? All of those feelings that come. Because I don't know if anybody knows this, Tracy, but you did play in the major leagues. And I played for five major league teams, which is really quite an accomplishment. I mean, Barry Larkin only played for one, so that'll tell you something. The, the year that I made it was out of spring training, 1986, and I hit like 385 in spring training. And so nobody told me that I made the club. Finally, I had my bags packed, the bus is right there, and I went up to Pete, I says, did I make the club? He says, let me tell you something, Trace. I'm going to give you a piece of advice. He says, I would hop on that bus as soon as possible before I change my mind. He says, you were that close to going back to AAA. I says, how in the hell can you send me back to AAA when I hit 385? He says, get on the bus. So, yeah, that was uh, quite a thrill because I, no one told me I, that I made the ball club. And then actually got to start opening day in 1986. When everybody remembers, this is an old, tired story where I missed the first play of the game and Gary Reedus for the Phillies got a triple and the fans started to boo. And I thought, I looked up at the second deck and I said, you know what? At least I made it to the big leagues. Mario Soto, I misplayed. Now, Trace, think about this as a teammate. I misplayed the ball. Mario Soto stops everything, turns to me in left field and goes like this. Talking about showing me up. I mean, a little embarrassing. But yeah, it, it turned out. Everything worked out. Got my first hit off Steve Carlton. We ended up winning the game. But that wasn't a good start. All right. So just a little teaching Tracy Jones segment. 
Ready? Nut cutting time is when drastic actions are required because all other methods have failed. The phrase is used in sports as well in politics, something that we usually, um, you know, that you've become familiar with, Tracy. The term is also similar to something called crunch time. It's a moment where the stakes are high and it's appropriate to pull out all the stops. It's also a time when it makes the most sense to experiment with any approach necessary. Nut cutting time. So if you're a nut cutter, I'd assume that means that you uh, you get things done in nut cutting time. Well, you can handle pressure. You, you're the about. guy that can drive in. You, you're that guy that can drive in that runner from second base with two outs in the ninth. And you're kind of like a Jay Buhner who had like 104 hits one year and drove in 105 runs. Jay Buhner, one of my favorite all-time teammates. Great, great player. Great arm. Uh, could hit with power. Um, another, he's a, a nut cutter as you guys would say. That's right. I'm glad we could probably slide that into the robust dictionary, or not dictionary, vocabulary of Tracy Jones. Yeah, nut cutter. About that. I like Yeah, it seems like, something, seems like something that, 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 that you would enjoy. Uh, he's a true nut cutter. Try nut to find cutter. other ways for that. us. By the next show, you could find other ways that we could use nut cutting. You think you could do well, that? You know what? If we're going to start getting into to all the jargon and everything, I, I am going to start throwing some words. You know, like the J-O, right? Right. Yep. You know, like yep. the two of the hamburgers. Yep. All those. I got a bunch. I got a bunch of them. So I'll, I'll bring some out. Speaking of which, Tracy, I don't know if you know this, but we got an email uh, the other day, and I, I told us, which we, we probably didn't do, which is fine. We, I said, just redact the guy's name and redact the email. He said, uh, what are the two things that he did most dis uh, he's disgusted with our show? What do you think those are, Tracy? Me? <laughs> what is it? What he, is said it? He, he said he does not like the Ham and Eggers, and he does not like Tracy Jones coming on. Doesn't offer any substance to the show. Your overall thoughts to that guy? I've heard that before. And, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm very sensitive, too. And, and see, that really hurts my feelings. It just makes me want to quit. And not come on. Uh, you know, when I was on WLW, do you know there's people that didn't like me, Trace? I didn't know really that. Oh, God, they didn't want, they, they didn't think it was fair that I guess women's weight according to their voice. They didn't like that kind of stuff. You know, the whole 3% black. I, there was just so many things that used to bug people. So right. what was this guy's name and where does he live? Um, I'm not, I, I'll get that to you after the show. I'm not hundred percent sure. My best guess is that, uh, he, he could reside, who knows, maybe he resides in Norwood and that's where all the real, the real disgust comes from. You know, he did make a good point about the ham and eggers. I agree with those two guys. They add nothing to the show. Speaking of the ham and eggers, you guys got anything to add? I know we got, we got ourselves a fun guess that player again, Tracy. Looks like Casey might run that now. Go ahead, Casey. You're on the clip. It's time to guess that player with friend of the show. First pick in the MLB draft. Kind of. An overall good guy, Mr. Tracy Jones. All right. Reed. Go ahead, Paul. Yep. Reed, is this you? I can't hear, so. Oh, he can't hear. I'd okay. be useless. Hold on. Hold on. No, this, Hold is, this is what you call elite producing right Hold here. Hold on. I got to Tracy. Hold on. It's all right. I got it right here. Hold on. Right. Hold on. We're holding. Hold on. Oh. Here, I got it. You have it? All right. <clears throat> oh, it's in there. But it was I do have it. I hit number one, Tracy. You ready? Uh, all right. Are we, are we good to go? I, I'm go. good okay. to go. Go ahead, Tracy. 
Hint number one is he won a World Series. I don't feel like I should give you the next part of the hint because you might get it wrong. He won a World Series with the Mets. Kevin Mitchell. Yeah. I feel like they were too easy on you, Tracy. They're, they, you know what that was, Tracy? That was just disrespectful. They thought, you know what? This guy can never get it on the first guess. Let's just give him all these easy <laughs> hints. They even had the year in here for you, the whole thing. Maybe I should have went backwards on it. But nonetheless, here's oh, a nice little clip of him. To, to left field. I'm in right field. For Mitchell, and he Struck out twice in that game, Tracy. Well, come on, Reed. You have to, who cares about that? I, was, I think I was hitting a buck 76 too for the team. That I saw Kevin Mitchell take off after that ball because I'm in right field and I can see the angle. And he misplayed the ball so poorly that he reached around, snagged it. That guy right there had the greatest year that I played with anyone. And he was MVP of the league that year. Very good player. Very great hitter. Great hitter. I've never seen that. How much of but those how how much of those uh I mean, do you make fun of a guy for doing that? Do you just kind of laugh about it? What is that talk in the locker room about? I think when you're going as well as Kevin did that year, everything turned out well for him. I mean, here he has misplayed a ball like that and snagged it. Uh, but he was a guy, I don't know. Reed, you have his stats. I mean, that year, what was that, 1989? I mean, look at those numbers. I yeah, mean, he Reed. was just outstanding. I've Outstanding. Right here. here's, here's the here's the baseball, baseball reference, reference page. page. It's going to be probably difficult to see. Reed, he wants to know what uh, Kevin Mitchell's stats were that year on Baseball Reference. He that was the year that he won the MVP. So I think he had 47 <laughs> home runs, over yep. 100 RBIs, 125. Um, you can see he led the league in slugging. It looks like I'm I'm not looking at it anymore, but I know he had 47 home runs and won the Most Valuable Player that year. Hmm. He was so he good. Actually, walked 32 times that year. All in yeah. San Fran. Of all the of all of the major league cities, I was thinking about this the other day. Of all the major league cities to be absolutely the guy in, which one of you would you have chosen? If you were like, hey, I'm gonna be the best player in this city for whatever, fuck, call it five years, where you where you you become the guy, which city would you choose? You'd pick a New York, do you like the lights? Do you go to Chicago? Do you go to San Fran, San Diego? Maybe L.A. What's the city? I like San Diego. I think San Diego is an easy place to play. I would love to live in San Diego. A lot of big-time wool is in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, I like San Diego myself. Yeah, just a quick story about Kevin Mitchell. Let's hear it. I was, I was just absolutely brutal in San Francisco. My knee was bothering me. It was just terrible. One game, uh, Roger Craig had me hit in back of Kevin Mitchell. Well, it was a game against the Padres. Jack McKeon was the manager. They walked Kevin Mitchell three times to get to me, and it had bases loaded every single time. And every single time, I got a base hit. And I drove in seven runs. I think it tied Willie Mays. I was terrible that year, but I was good that one game. And they asked Jack McKeon, do you have any regrets on walking Kevin Mitchell to get to Tracy Jones? He goes, if I had the same opportunity, same situation, I'd do it over and over and over again. I'd walk Kevin Mitchell to get to Tracy Jones any day. So that's uh, – I don't know why it was hit behind Kevin Mitchell. That's not very good. <laughs> well, it worked out, it worked out that day.
And I, did you have any rebuttal back for that? Or did you just let that go? I don't I seem like a guy that would let that go. I remember driving home and I turned on, you know how we used to have extra innings, right? Of course, when I had extra innings, it was tremendous. People loved it all over the right. country. So I tuned into the Giants extra inning game. Here it is. I go four for four and drive in seven runs. So I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be something because I've got my wife in the car. I says, boy, here we go. Going to talk about me breaking down seven RBIs. The, the, the dumbass says, we owe this game to one person. And you know who it was? Kevin Mitchell, who got a home run in the first inning. Really? And I just turned it off. I go, this isn't going to work in San Francisco. And I then got traded four days later. It's tough. That's a tough spot to be in. You, 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 you. I could imagine that. Do, do a lot of players do that? See, we do a we do a Reds post game show after every single game, and eventually, I think it will probably become relatively sizable. It's already doing relatively well, to be quite frank with mm -hmm. you. But I'm saying it could become pretty sizable after a few years of success. My thought is is sometimes I wonder: Do players? They won't admit it publicly. But are they snooping around the internet? Do you think there's players getting on Twitter, searching their names? Do you think they're trying to listen to the podcast that, that, that obviously no one would ever know? Do you, th you think there's many guys that do that? Oh, I was. I was back in the old days. I, I had rabbit ears. You know, right? Anytime oh, yeah. someone's saying stuff about me, I'm all over that. I think a lot of players do. Some players would really uh, get upset with some of the things that I, that I said on the air. Uh, Ronnie Oster got mad at me because I said that Barry Bonds was the greatest player of all time. And he, he pulled me to the side. I thought he was going to punch me. He says, I was listening to you last night. He goes, have you ever heard of a guy by the name of Willie Mays? And I was like, okay, Willie Mays, Barry Bonds. But he got so upset over something that I said uh, the night before. So you, got, you do have to watch it because people will get, get upset. Kind of like that. That guy that sent the email, that that guy. Right. Do you think I should stop saying Jonathan India can't play second base? Don't say that. Yeah, because what will happen, he'll probably end up being a really good second baseman. Right. When you start bad-mouthing someone, they always seem to perform better. Do they not? Like they do. Casey. We, we talk about Casey being a great producer or a lousy producer, right? Yeah, Casey, good point. Casey, a great producer. And Paul, you too. That's a good point. Kevin Newman, Kevin Newman, I think, is uh, is very, very, very prototypical of what you were just saying. I, I've been relatively critical of Kevin Newman. Uh, put out a tweet that might have said he should have been DFA'd, and the next thing you know, he's playing well. Just, just, just <laughs> it, so happy it happens. Guys. It's crazy how that happens, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of like Sinzel, right? Look at Sinzel now. Yeah. I mean, that guy well. never got on the field, and all of a sudden – He's producing. That's a guy that went second in the entire draft a few years ago. That guy uh, can play. He can I mean, play. He stays healthy. Stay he can play a little bit. He's got to yeah. stay healthy. Nobody knows that more than you, Tracy. I think that the I, – I, I, do we have the picture of, uh, of, of Grayson? We yeah. do. Tracy, I'm going to set this up, and I'm going to let you go. I'm going to make you feel good. Because I think there's times where people forget of how good of a player you were. And I also want to say this is not even provoked. The other day, my son started getting a little baseball cards, right? And he's just digging around. And check this out. Go ahead and throw that up on the screen, Tracy. Or uh, Casey. You have to get rid of the old encore. Uh, check this out. Yeah. What do you think about that? I don't even know if that's a rookie card or what that is. But he pulls that out. 
And he's like, hey, hey, he said, hey, you know what he's doing? He's like, hey, dad, is this guy any good? No, he can't read, has uh, no clue about nothing. You know what I told him, Tracy? What'd you say? I said, that's the best player that you got in the whole entire deck. And you know what he's done? Uh, he's got that thing. He's got that thing sitting right on top of his bookshelf, Tracy. Just that one. Cause, cause, I'll you know tell what? you what I'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. If what you, you have do? get get that card to me and I'll sign it. Beautiful. And, and make sure and make sure you send five dollars too. I will. And when I when $5. I get it back, Tracy, I'm gonna have to sell it, turn around, flip it on eBay. Yeah, you're not gonna get much. <laughs> All right, Tracy. We appreciate you coming on here. This uh right. as always is sponsored by Encore Technologies. So we we appreciate them too. All right, boys. You do, you guys are doing a great job. Just thought I'd let you know. Doing a great job. We're trying. We're trying, you know? Half the battle's showing up, as they say. What do they say? Something like that, Tracy? What is it? It's like uh, 90% yeah, success 90, is just showing 90 up. 90% of success is just showing up. All right. So we're showing up. Woody Allen said that. Yeah. I'll okay. see you, boys. Shout out to Woody Allen. See you, Tracy. Thank you for coming. Up. All right, chat. It's that time of the show where we end things. Don't know how well we did, but I do know we got through it. We're in a position now where we have one thing as Reds fans and one thing only to hope for, and that is if we can get some call-ups. I don't know what the cherry on top is today, but I was having a slight, slight prayer this morning that maybe we just get a call-up in the middle of the show, and that could be the cherry on top. I'm assuming that's not what it is. No, it is not. All right. Cherry on top, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I think you'll know what this one is. Oh no! Oh no! What is this? I yeah. I mean, you guys are digging out the stuff here. Here's the thing. All right. The other day, I was on the. Uh, I was on. Um, yeah, that's me. MVP 2010. MVP 2010. You know what? Does the website? Wait, wait, what about what about what about 2012? Let's do this. Really? Movie. 2012, Matt Mays, two Hamilton products. Can't. I don't does to tell this you. website still exist, or is it gone, much like the school? That's a good point. So here's a thing about my baseball career. I played for two, uni well, not universities, but two schools. One's uh, Sinclair Community College. They had a, I, I, I genuinely mean this, they had one of the best programs in the country at the level that they played at in junior college. And then I went to Urbana. It just so happened that COVID legitimately deleted Urbana as a university entirely, and then Sinclair dropped their baseball program because they were cheap and wanted to make excuses as to why they wanted to end the program. So Reed Mouse is over here bragging about the fact that he's got a baseball reference page, and that's, do. that's good and well. I'm going to have to tell my grandkids that I actually did play, and I'm holding on to this show. That's my last hope. The other thing is, as crazy as this is, let's end it on this, because I don't know when the next time I'm going to be on here in the chat I did put this on uh, Chatterbox Reds last night. Just YouTube. I think it's, if you YouTube Trace Fowler Sinclair, find that clip and then run that. We'll end the show on that. And I want you to ask yourself, do you think, I'm not going to say it because it's just disrespectful. I was going to say, do you think that there's a Reds middle infielder that would be able to make the same mm. play? Mm. We have been teasing news the entire show. Big league Paul, news. Let's hear it. Oh, God. What's Big League Paul news? There's Big League Paul news. I'd love to know. There Re is? Reed? Who has the Big League Paul news? Monday, 
Big League Paul. Let's hear it. Is sitting in that chair. Boom. He's, he's hosting off the bench with Tom Brenneman, but on Monday it's going to be off the bench with Paul Fritchner. We listened to the people. We gave them what they want. You guys thought I was making up news the whole time. No, there is news. Paul's hosting the show on Monday. <laughs> Stop. Love that. All right. Love cool. that. What do you have to say, Paul? It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Well, we'll have a good time. We'll come out of the weekend. Fun weekend. Got a lot to talk about, so it'll be a good time. Looking forward to it. I love it. Paul Fritzner's probably going to do the best job that anyone's ever done in this seat. Yeah, right. You know what? He's going to be the most well-prepared. There's no doubt in my mind. He's going to have a full weekend to come up with the best topics that he could possibly come up with. And I can't wait to hear about it. But before you go, and before we end my show, that probably, hopefully, in my, if I had it my way, I won't be back on this program for quite some time because we got to do some things around here at Chatterbox that require some heavy lifting, and I really want to do those behind the scenes. But I used to be embarrassed by this, but at this point in my life, it's about the only thing that I can hang my hat on, as they say, from playing days because, as Reed mentioned, they're all gone. The record books are gone. The statistical nature of... Me having some stats on the web, on, on the internet. The internet is clearly not forever because they are gone as well. But YouTube exists, and thanks to Steve Deniman, this still exists as well. I'm going to flag this. I'm Run the clip, Casey. Are you wanting audio with this? Oh, yeah, you got to have audio. I mean, come on. No, no, I mean, there is no audio, I don't think. Oh, Casey, there's audio. I mean, there's no doubt about no. it. Look at the play! Whoa! Oh, boy. you have to be kidding me. That was the catch of the year so catch far. Of the, catch of the year. The throw was, was subpar, but the catch was throw great. was a little offline. Yeah, it was bad. It wasn't bad. Call what it was. It was bad. Great play, though. Then he had the presence of mind to get up and throw out the base runner. There it is. That's just an incredible play. Absolutely phenomenal play. He makes a exciting catch. And Brian Schaefer's that. in no man's land. That's, that's almost impossible as a runner because he cannot Stuff take Chase. Out second. Yeah. Ball, this throw wasn't sure that bad. First of all, the runner was right in, right in my line of sight. So, it is what it is. Made a play. Thankfully, it was all television. If it wasn't, I, I, would, I would have no claim to fame. So, there's my claim to fame. And that is my two minutes of fame on off the bench. So, very much love to the chat. I say this every time we have a show. I really do appreciate everybody tuning in enjoying what we do. We are very much a grassroots operation. Small company. Hopefully growing steadily. Hopefully keep adding more content. Hopefully keep having fun and enjoying ourselves. And not only that, but you enjoy what we do. And I say thank you to you because you make all this possible. When you tune into this show, it, didn't, it does genuinely help us. I know we have built a little bit of a camaraderie here. And you know what? I do like the concept of having a Nutcutter Nation. So... It's, it's, it's up there on the board when it comes to merch. We'll have to figure something out when it comes to that. So to all of us at Chatterbox Sports, we got a very big meeting, at least I do, at 1 o'clock. Hopefully uh, they think that what we're doing is pretty cool too. But more importantly, share this with your friends. Tell them about what we're doing. Obviously, don't seem like you're always the guy that's trying to sell uh, the multi-level marketing stuff. We don't want you to do that. Cutco. We, we don't want you to be a Cutco guy. Uh, we don't want you to do the, what's all the nutrition stuff that people do? Um, uh, Viva? Um, no, it's, uh, my gosh, Amway. We don't want any of that type of stuff. But you can let them know about Chatterbox Sports, and we would appreciate that if you do. That's my time. Mike Schmaltz, Derby Picks. Let's go.
My time is up. Paul's time is here. Which means I say goodbye. Take care of yourselves. Paul Fritschner in the Derby next.